rainbow. Exorcism, a sacrifice. Blessing or bestiality. The curse of the devil. Satan in control of the body and the mind. My love will destroy the creation. I swear that you'll find it. Welcome to the Nashy Cast. I am Rod Barnett. I am Troy Gwynn. And we are here for yet another Nashy film. That's right, this is number 55. Tonight we're going to be talking about a film from 2002. Yes, a new millennium mm-hmm. Nashy film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new millennium hasn't been very kind to us. There have been some yeah. joys, yeah, but there have also been some slaps in the face. <laughs> so uh, tonight, 2002's Mucha Sangre, or as I like to call it, a whole lot of blood. A whole lot of blood. I want a whole lot of blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I guess the translation would be a lot of blood. Uh, I think Mucha that's pretty Sangre. much what that translates yeah, as. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a film that uh, that I don't. It's not that it's not that easy to come by. There's definitely not an American release of it on DVD. Uh, if you search around on the special antenna, of course, you can find Mucha Sangre, uh, a good looking, very a good looking mm-hmm. print mm-hmm. with a good with a, a good subtitle track making it uh, fairly easy to follow along, except for, of course, the fact that we're once again dealing with a Spanish comedy, Mm -hmm. which means that a lot of the humor that uh, is going to strike uh, someone who, say, lives in Madrid as something that is either understandable or even amusing, to us, sometimes comes off as a head-scratcher, and in some cases, uh, a real, like, head tattoo. Well, I know of one person in Madrid who didn't find it funny, but we'll, uh, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll let everyone speak for themselves. That's right. So, tonight we cover uh, uh, another Nashy film. This is actually, if uh, you look at your calendar, folks, we have been doing this podcast with this episode for six full years. Yeah. And yeah. we have covered, uh, amongst the 55 Paul Nashy films that we've covered... We covered a slew of other Spanish horror films from the uh, the golden age of Spanish horror, and well, if you talk about pieces, maybe that stretches <laughs> stretches the golden age. <laughs> so that golden age was starting to, uh, shall we say, tarnish a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, a few interviews here and there. Um, pretty pretty happy with the, the the talks we had with Tim Lucas uh, back several years ago. Caroline Monroe. Caroline Monroe. Things like that. So. Uh, we've 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 had a, a decent six year run here, folks, and I'm not telling you it's over, but I will give you this piece of information. Uh, we've been very light on the Nashy films for the past year, mainly because, as you <laughs> yeah. probably suspected, yeah. we're running low on them. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> we have uh, this past year delved into a few films that were. Um, I guess the kind way to put it is very light on the Nashi. Yeah. Now tonight's film is not in that category. There's a whole lot of Nashi in this film. He is uh, he is one of the main characters. He is uh, the villain of the piece, and uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have covered a few films that, uh, even though we enjoyed them to one degree or another, uh, just having Nashi in the film for a few scenes, mm-hmm. for less than a minute, for yeah. a single scene yeah. in uh, Mortal Sin cases, yeah, uh, right. in, in the Mortal yeah. Sin case. Um, really isn't enough to justify the the thing that we're doing here. So, for 2016, 
We're going to back off on the Paul Nashy stuff for a little while. Uh, maybe just so that we can, I don't know, kind of work up a head of steam mm-hmm. and hit yeah. another one that we haven't covered or come at it from a different angle and maybe mm-hmm. a different way sometime later down the road. Yeah. But. Yeah, there's still a couple out there that sound like they could be tantalizing. I think there's at least one that he did. Uh, was involved in the script with that we, you know, and we always like to do those if we can get our hands on it, but that is one that we haven't not been able to get our hands on yet. And so there's, you know, maybe one or two still out there like that that are really tantalizing, but, you know, right now we don't know if we're going to be, when when or if we're going to be able to track those down. Yeah, it, it gets to the point where you, you start to doubt whether or not... Uh Plowing this ho- plowing this row is, mm-hmm. is is particularly a good idea, mm-hmm. especially when you keep hitting roots and, and fences and mm-hmm. and the occasional you know dead possum. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so what we're going to do is for uh, the Nashi cast for the rest of this year, the rest of the episodes that we do this year are going to be beyond Nashi episodes. Yeah. Um, we've sprinkled a, a you know what fifteen episodes of beyond yeah. Nashi, fifteen sixteen yeah. episodes of beyond Nashi. Uh, into the feed over the past several years, and we've really, really enjoyed doing that because there's a lot of wonderful, fun Spanish horror films out there mm-hmm. that are yeah. uh, worthy of more attention, and and that it will just be fun to talk about. Honestly, yeah. so um, much like uh, last year's uh, big hit pieces, <laughs> <laughs> this year Troy and I are going to spend a little time. Split it. We're going to split our time again this year between the sister podcast, The Bloody Pit, where we're going to continue covering Toho films for mm-hmm. a while. Next month in February, we're going to be covering. Uh, we're going to shift gears in the uh, the Toho films, and we're going to cover Ghidorah. Yeah, and that's going to start us on a string of uh, Ghidorah films. Three of them, am I wrong? Three or four? Uh, well, I think our ultimate plan for this series is to do four. Okay, we're going to do four. Uh, and will, you'll probably hear us, unless we can come to some sort of consensus, because there's always the question: Is is it Ghidorah or Ghidra? You know, I grew. You know, I'm I know, used to saying Ghidra, but I'm used to saying Ghidra. Ghidorah is probably more accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. I can start trying to get in the practice of that if we want some consistency, or if you would find it amusing, you the listeners, to find us just going back and forth like we do with our Spanish pronunciations. I intend uh, to. I intend <laughs> to go back and forth. Okay, we'll go back and forth. It may be Ghidra. It may be Ghidorah. Either way, he's a badass, and that's uh, true. And uh, we're ready to. We're ready to tackle the the. We're ready to tackle Ghidorah films. Ghidra films. It's gonna be fun. Well, so every other um, every other month, starting in February, uh, Troy and I will be uh, over on the Bloody Pit covering uh, a, another to- another Toho film, uh, much like we did last year uh, over the well over the last year with uh, four our, our controversial controversial kaiju, kaiju films yeah. exactly. So uh, that's that's what's going to be happening here, and then we'll be back here in March for an, our next Beyond Nashi episode, in which we will be covering. Uh, we're we're going to go back to the Osorio well, Amando de Osorio, yeah. the man who brought us the Blind Dead films. We're going to shift slight gears and do one of his non-Blind Dead films. We're going to do The Grasp of the Lorelei. Now, that is a, it's a, it's a wonderful film if you've never seen it. Uh, I'll just tell you right now that it does star Helga Linnae. And yeah, you should, that, should, hey, that should be all you need to know. And it was released here uh, by BCI on DVD, whoa, low, a decade ago, I guess, yeah. at this point. Right. Or more than a decade ago, I guess, really. Which by now, it's yeah, you're right. It's been, it's, it's been a while since those are coming on. Yeah, so I'm assuming, uh, I haven't looked, I haven't looked around, but I'm betting those DVDs are, I know they're out of print, and I also know that they're probably going for a pretty penny. But 
It should still be, uh, the fact that it was released on DVD over here in a really nice print and a good edition means that, uh, once again, the employment of the special antenna could make some people <laughs> capable <laughs> of viewing this film and playing along yep. at home. So, cool. uh, that's our next two months. I also, over on the Bloody Pit, intend to sprinkle in a few episodes of uh, the show that do not involve Troy and myself. Uh, I've got uh, one on tap. Uh, Mr. Hudson is going to join me again for a return to the Antonio Margaretti thread of podcasts that we're doing over there. We'll be covering uh, Cannibal Apocalypse, Ooh. the uh, John Saxon film from 1980, the one filmed in Atlanta. So that's our that's up next over on The Bloody Pit. And then uh, also I'm uh, trying to uh, work out some kind of scheduling problems with uh, Randy Fox uh, because he is one vi- busy, busy man. And uh, he and I are going to try to sit down and do a kind of sequel to our Westworld podcast. And we're going to talk about Logan's Run. So, that looks to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, plans for other things down the road. I know Troy and I are putting together uh, the idea to uh, sit down and do another uh, uh, Menage a Trois episode <laughs> with, uh, with our buddy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Nelson, we want to sit down and, and cover another piece of Italian sleaze with him. Uh, much like our contamination episode yeah. <laughs> and our Nightmare City episodes, so we're going to uh, that. That's uh, that's the, the the kind of loose arrangement of things for the coming few months mm. between the Bloody Pit and the Nashy Cast. So you can look forward to some uh, Spanish horror here and uh, Toho and Italian weirdness mm-hmm. over. Uh, well, mm-hmm. and, and Logan's Run that doesn't fit either of those categories. Yeah, but yeah. that's what's going on there. Ah. <sighs> Hope you'll join us. It should yeah. be fun. Yeah, please do. It's be a lot, of, a lot of good times ahead. And, you know, just want to say it's been a, <clears throat> it's not to say with any kind of finality, you know, but it's just, a, it has been a great ride doing these Nashi films. And, uh, oh, and again, yeah. we we will keep you abreast on any kind of uh, Nashi developments in the sense of like any kind of Nashi news, any any please, please Blu-ray releases, uh, anything coming oh, out Nashi-wise, we'll definitely examine uh, anytime we get our hands on a better copy or, or a print of a film we've already done that maybe opens our eyes to something else about it or Mm -hmm. has something heretofore unknown about it we will let you know um so but anyway uh yes that's that's i think when we started this we we had no idea we'd be able to get as many nasty films as we have and that's been a really wonderful you know i don't know that we necessarily envisioned that we would be able to cover 50 plus episodes so uh so that's been it's it's been it's been a wonderful thing and it's been kind of strange uh the it has led us into some odd paths we've made some wonderful wonderful discoveries and and uh luckily um I think that uh, as we continue the Beyond Nashy episodes, I think we're going to... Uh, there, there's some films we definitely want to cover because they're essentially classics. I'm not going to surprise anybody who knows Sp- the Golden Age of Spanish Horror to tell you that we're probably going to end up doing The House That Screamed. Yeah. And we're probably going to end up doing... Um, um, some more, you know, a couple more Klamowski films. Although we've covered a billion of them, mm. uh, we're gonna, you know, they're, they're uh, probably the other two Blind Dead films at some point, uh, right? You know, we will do. So. We will, yeah, we we probably yeah. will. And uh, you know, just just to be honest, eventually one day we're gonna cover Slugs, which we are. Slugs which is, is you know late eighties. Yeah, but that's right. That's just you know we got you we got you percolating about pieces for a couple of years before we actually did it. So with Slugs, 
Just imagine Slugs is slowly oozing its way towards you into our podcast thing, but you just don't know when it will actually show up in your bed under your bedspread there. To, so, yeah. <laughs> to to, <laughs> burrow to, its way to slowly that, make the, the yeah. most ridiculous noise <laughs> a beast a beast that leaves a trail of slime has ever made on film. It's just Even more than the eggs and contamination? Even, um, even crazier than that? Have you seen Slugs yet? You know, I have not. I'm looking, okay. so looking forward to it. So if you've not seen Slugs. I have not. I can't wait. Uh, yes, I, I want you to, to try to hold off until yeah. until yeah. we do it for the do it do it for the podcast because slugs is uh oh man guilty pleasure that, that every letter in the phrase guilty pleasure has to be yeah. capitalized and there have to be like three exclamation points yeah i'm I, just I, sure that yeah. i'm not because i get it confused with i think the one that i think of a lot of times that i've thought was slugs was squirm and i get those two, oh yeah, yeah it's like but squirm i know is one, a very that's the one that i've seen I yeah squirm is actually i would i would, I would actually good, say squirm is a good movie it, yeah it is yeah. and uh, slugs is good in that other kind of good way right yeah I take it, I take and what's it. weird about slugs is that if you squint just right and maybe mm. drink enough, mm. you could think slugs was 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 good too. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. for just a few moments. Well, okay, more than a few. For about a half a dozen moments in the film, where it just kind of, it just kind of leaps straight up yeah. into your face and goes, <laughs> and and, it, and it's kind of bizarre that it does yeah, yeah. have that ability because by by eighty eight, uh, J P Simon. I mean, he had his he kind of had his shit together. Mm. And so he could he could put together a competent looking and and feeling film, even though what he was doing was completely insane. So you, <laughs> sure. you don't get uh, as with pieces. I mean, you know, pieces was eighty two, uh, slugs was eighty eight. So he's had six more years to kind of you know hone his craft. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is a movie that is a lot more competently made, but in a lot of ways just as nuts. <laughs> and so it it's. Slugs, slugs is going to be interesting. We'll, we may have to tackle slugs later this year. We may have to put that mm. on the slate. But uh, cool, cool. It's uh, <sighs> I'm I'm really looking forward to just revisiting the the, the Lorelai's grasp mm-hmm. or grasp mm-hmm. of the Lorelai, yeah. whichever yeah, way you too. want to go with the title. Okay. I just uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, it's 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 a re- that's a really good movie, and I think it's one that uh, have, you've seen, right? You've already watched. Yes, it? I have. I have. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking okay. forward to doing that one. We will. Uh, oh oh oh! Wanted to say. Wanted to say. We got our annual oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas gift from uh, listener Mike for who we want to thank for, for who we want to thank. Remember, people, you too can be like Mike mm-hmm. and donate to the podcast to help defray mm-hmm. the cost of keeping these shows coming to you. Yes, they are free of charge, and I know I sound as if I should be on <laughs> PBS, but <laughs> let me tell you that Mike is a wonderful human being and quite honestly better than every one of you listening to my voice right now. $25 better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you too can donate to this podcast. Go to the Bloody Pit of Rod or the Nashy Cast blog page and click that donate button. It'll take you to PayPal and you can send us money. If you need an address to send us money in like an envelope, like small bills, large bills, whatever you want, I can provide that. Email us at nashycast at gmail.com. And, buddy, I'll give you a P.O. box and you can send me some stinking money. I I won't say no to cash. That's right. I will sell out in a heartbeat. I will whore myself fact, for money. Yeah, for the right amount of money, we'll even change our opinion on a film we've reviewed if you wish us to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's boy. That's okay. It depends on the dollar figure. Yeah, it's right. Yes, and the film, the dollar figure in the it's, film. It's, it's yeah. possible. I I'm, I could I could be persuaded to whore myself out in quite that mm. nasty nasty mm. way. But anyway. 
Uh, once again, Mike, thank you very much. You are a king among men and clearly better than every other peon that is currently listening. So, <laughs> on to other things. Um, I, w- I have, just just last night, I have got to get this off my chest. Okay. Um, I watched, uh, there's this great set, uh, this two DVD set of uh, kind of obscure 50s and 60s science fiction movies that Mill Creek put out. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Mill Creek has has changed themselves quite a bit. They're, yeah, they're yeah. undergoing they're go- undergoing that neat little change that comes when a company wants to actually uh, do something good, yeah. as opposed to what Mill Creek is most famous for, which are those you know big fifty film packs of you know right. prints prints of dubious nature that look like crap. And what they've done is they've they've actually started issuing some uh, pretty respectable editions of different films. Yeah, and uh, this falls into that category. It's um, I think it's five or six different science fiction films from the fifties or early sixties, and uh, most of them I already uh, already had seen mm-hmm. or had in one form or another, like the H Man. Mm-hmm. But uh, also in this set are a couple of uh, there were a couple of uh, guilty pleasures like Valley of the Dragons mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, the Japanese film Battle, uh, Battle in Outer Space, mm-hmm. uh, right. and all these films look really good on these discs. I'm really surprised. But uh, what drew me most to them were the couple of films on there that I had not seen. So last night I sat down and watched one of them. Uh, I've been aching to watch for a long time from 1960, a movie called Twelve to the Moon. Mm, okay. Now Twelve to the Moon, 1960, black and white film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really good. Once again, like I say, this is this this set of uh, science fiction films from Mill Creek. It's a really good set, mm-hmm. and the print on Twelve to the Moon is really sharp, widescreen, mm-hmm. nice looking. Uh, the movie, uh, I, I was able to squeeze in a viewing of it last night because the movie's only, I think, uh, yeah, it's an hour and 14 minutes long, so 74 minutes long. It mm-hmm. was, let, let me put it this way, mm-hmm. it's bad. It's <laughs> terrible. And what's funny about it is is not just that it's bad. It's mm-hmm. that it's 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 my favorite kind of bad 50s. It's, it's, I know it came out in 1960, but this, has, this yeah, smells still, like yeah, the 50s yeah. so bad. Uh-huh. So it, what it is is it's... Every bit of science in it is so totally wrong. <laughs> Those are the best, yeah. That there's no way that even people in 1960 could have looked at this movie and gone, yeah, that's plausible. There's no way anyone thought this was plausible. No one thought this was plausible. And it's it's twelve it's a, it's a, it's a, it's twelve people on a rocket going to the moon for the first time and of course there's a, there's a whole lot of hubbub made about how each member of the crew is it's a very international makeup everyone's from a different oh, course, company yeah, yeah. country and every everyone's a different nationality or or mm-hmm. uh, race which which of course is com- com- completely interesting and fascinating till you get to the point where they're introducing the introducing these uh, these astronauts and you realize that of course in charge is the macho Lantern Jaw America. Yeah, of course he would be naturally. Yeah, <laughs> who, who speaks as if he's been going, to, yeah. going to the to the uh, to the how to make your voice sound more macho <laughs> class every Thursday. So anyway, let me ask you: Does it have the comic relief character from the Bronx and uh, that's in there? No, it does not. Oh, that surprises me. The uh, there are things to recommend for this film mm. besides it being absolutely terrible, <laughs> uh, and that is one: it's fast. Uh-huh. It really is fast. Mm. Two. There's no comic relief, so none of that kind of okay, crap. Okay, good. It strives to treat the material seriously, but the material is so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, not 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 that it's like poorly, not that it's poorly written. It's just that all the science is wrong. Mm-hmm. All of the relationships are are completely obvious. All of the the interactions are straightforward. As soon as as soon as you are told one piece of information, it, it you know immediately that you know within the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> 
then this will this will occur or that will occur. But here's the thing: as as bad as Twelve to the Moon is, I still enjoyed watching it. Mm, yeah, well, and I, I really did. Yeah. And the, uh, the the strangest the the strangest aspect for me was the realization that as as the film ended, it's like you know. I think in about a year I could watch this stupid damn thing again. Oh, hey, yeah, it's 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 fast. Mm-hmm. It's 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 absolutely no good. The special effects are ridiculous. <laughs> Their pseudo scientific invention for being able to walk around on the moon without pressure suits or face plates uh, on their see, helmets. I was wondering. I was wondering if that would work. No face get plates. Yeah. They, 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 we, have, we have some nice little uh, 1960 text, techno babble about, mm. the, in, the, the, about activating the force field over their face. It's oh, just like, okay, oh, okay. don't get harsh. <laughs> it, I swear to you, at one yeah. point, I think that one of the one of the planets mm. that are in the the the, uh, the starscape, I mm. swear to you, I think is a Christmas ornament. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you, and that's one of the reasons why I will probably go back and rewatch this is mm. just to you know to to cast my eye about the widescreen image just a little bit longer yeah. to see what I can cool. see. So. Cool. Now you're right about Mill Creek, man, because where they first caught my attention was uh, when they uh, a couple of years ago when they came out with all the original Gamera films on Blu-ray. You know, when I first yeah. heard it was Mill Creek, I was like, oh, well, so much for that. But they're, I mean, and now, yeah, there's no extras, but they are gorgeous. I mean, basically two, D, two Blu-rays, and you get all the original run of Gamera films, and they look fantastic. And so that was kind of the first time I realized that, oh, these guys are actually not, they're they're not no longer the alpha video, basically, of you know, yeah, trying to compete with, you know. Uh, it's so, kind of surprising. That's another yeah. series of films that I need to go back through. A lot of those original Gamera films, I love the first one, but the, a lot of the uh, a lot of the sequels are I've only ever seen uh, through Mystery Science Theater. So, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, I I really looking forward to going through and seeing those for the first time. Yeah, in a lot of yeah ways. I find it to be a, a you know a very entertaining series. I mean, it, it definitely starts to get to the point of diminishing returns. Uh, with each film, but those first three or four, I guess really the first are just, uh, yeah, they're put, all fun. But did they put first... the originals out on Blu-ray or only on DVD? Uh, no, it's, a, it's on Blu-ray. The Mill, oh, Creek, okay, the Mill okay. Creek, now, yeah, they first, what it was first was... Oh, that's right, that's right, Shout I have Factory. the Blu-rays. Okay, yeah, okay, Shout okay. Factory did the, uh, I, I, here's the first the thing, Here's the thing, I looked over at the shelf and you still have... There, I still have the. Uh, you have the uh, the DVDs as well as the Blu-rays as, because and I'm that's a geek because me, of a yeah. kaiju because I'm a kaiju fanatic, so I have to have them in every format that yeah, that <laughs> really. So yeah, naturally. okay, all right, all right. but yes, no. So uh, uh, yes, they are in Blu-ray, and like I said, they Mill, Mill Creek's Blu-rays look great. Now the Shout Factory DVDs, uh, the first like th- I think the first two films have audio commentaries, and there's a oh you know, those are unique oh, those, to so, release, yes, though, but yeah. but yeah, but. So those are worth getting for that aspect of it. But as far as just the sheer beautiful print, uh, the, the Mill Creek Blu-rays are great. And so yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I, yeah, I definitely recommend the Gamera series. It's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Well, have you been? Have you seen anything lately that's uh, of interest or weirdness? Well, um, I've just been. Well, of course, you and I just watched Bone Tomahawk, which was such a good oh, western. Yes. Uh, uh, just such a well done. It's great. We got two great Kurt Russell westerns. Well, I have not yet been able to make it out to see The Hateful Eight, but I'm hearing oh, great man, things about gotta, it. I know you, you really, really enjoy. You really it. do. You need to go see. But it. Bone Tomahawk, we have to highly recommend. It's a uh, a film that manages to be like horrifying and brutal, and also really funny too. It's it's an old done, and it and it does it all very well. It's actually written by a, a western novelist, and. Without saying, you know, we don't want to give away anything about the film, but just say that I would not call it a revisionist western. What what it no, does do, no. what it does do, it feels like a classic western that also 
does an amazing job of, uh, um, well, classic Western besides the fact that it's incredibly gory, but, um, but also does an amazing job of avoiding cliches, but avoiding them in a very, not like calling attention to look how we're avoiding cliches, you know, but kind of just a way of things that so many, not only Westerns, but movies would do with certain characters that you expect the characters to do and not do does not happen, you know, or they do a change that I, I was just continually impressed by how well they, they managed to do that and how, dimensional all the characters are you know oh, it's, 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 a, it's wonderfully written yeah, yes it is it so, really is yeah bone tomahawk i would highly recommend that one there i saw uh I, it is i i second that because i think bone tomahawk is a phenomenal film it's just really really good and one of the things that uh, i found amusing is i just read a review of it where a guy basically said basically was just talking about how wonderful it was and, mm-hmm. and said flat out Let's be blunt. In my opinion, this is a horror western. Yeah, yeah, it he's, is. He said emphasis much. on the horror. Oh, I, you know, yeah. honestly, as soon as oh, I read yeah. that line, I thought, you know, I think he's probably oh, right. Yeah, oh, no, believe me. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, this is a rough one, folks. It really is. Uh, that's, it's a definitely. There's no question. So, uh, so yeah, um, um, but, but, uh, but uh, also, like I said, just had some some parts that just are really great, great bits of humor in there, and and yeah. uh, incredible performances. The cast is fantastic. One so. truly great cast. I mean, man, yeah. just what a what. You're right. We we lucked out we got two really fantastic westerns right at the end of uh, mm-hmm. 2015 uh, mm-hmm. of course we didn't get to see bone tomahawk in the in the theaters but uh, right geez yeah. what a movie good yeah. movie all right man uh, i tell you what people we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back and we will begin our discussion of this well this week huh, this mm-hmm. month's film uh mucha sangre from 2002 a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and The Head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. Hello and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I am Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 bark. that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show. Is available on Hello Doomed Show. Podomatic. Com and Doomed Movie Thon. Com. Hello, hello. This is the Doomed Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava. It's the Doomed Show. Hello, hello. This is the Doomed Show.
Sangre 2002. Okay, this is, uh, you know, we've, we've talked before. I remember uh, when we covered, over on the Bloody Pit, we covered uh, GMK. The uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, not GMK. Good Lord. Final Wars. Godzilla Final mm-hmm. Wars. I mm-hmm. refer to it as a rock and roll Godzilla film. Well, this is, Mucha Sangre is an attempt to be a, a kind of rock and roll gore film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's unique. There have been a no. number of them. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, you know, uh, there have been a number of them. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Everything, wow, every example of it that I can think of is a crappy film, though. <laughs> <laughs> like Rock and Roll Nightmare is terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh but terrible in that wonderful sort of terrible way. Well, yeah, I mean, no, nobody's ever going to call, no, nobody other than Larry Underwood is ever going to call Rock and Roll Nightmare right. a good movie. Yeah. But, uh, Wow! Yeah, now that I think about it, every time I think of rock and roll horror movie, it's just it's yeah, well. Now New Year's, New Year's like, Evil was sort of a rock and roll horror movie, but kind of yeah, sort of, but, but not. Yeah, well, no, but I'm thinking about like uh, just, thinking about, just Franco's Killer Barbies from the nineties. Sure. Oh which yeah, is, well, which is pretty awful, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, well, man, there's got there's got to be yeah, good so examples some of rock and roll horror. Some good, yeah, right? maybe, uh, there yeah, are some out there, right? Come on! Yeah. Tell, uh, yeah. Now I know I know that there's there is a train of thought that they are all great, but we're talking about really good films. We're not talking about <laughs> we're not talking about that kind of great just because they're rock and roll horror films that are incredibly cheesy and 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 just you know so fun. bad they're yeah. fun. We're talking about are there any really good rock and roll horror films? That's a that's a good that's a good question. And really, I should have thought this through. <laughs> I should have done some research. But nevertheless, um, we're going to talk about Mucha Sangre, and like I say. In a way, it is it is kind of a an attempt to be a rock and roll horror film, but it does make that transge- transgressive mistake of being not just a rock and roll horror film, but a rock and roll horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the comedy is paramount. Yeah. Well, let's, let's also see. point out too that just I mean, really, it's it's not a stretch to say I mean the, the rock and roll part of it is a real aspect of it because this director had previously to this film just made. Music videos, right? Yeah, and this was his, this was his first feature film, and uh, as Elena will tell us later on, apparently yeah. his last feature film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that you might want to be careful. You might, might might want to be careful what you wish for in mm-hmm. a certain way, and also, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you either you either bring it or you don't. Yeah, and yeah. we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mucha Sangre begins with a black and white segment that is essentially kind of like newsreel footage. Of uh, I think the Prime Minister of Spain, mm-hmm. who uh, has has come to the sea at Almera mm-hmm. to uh, I think it's Almera, isn't it? yeah Almera to uh, to uh, to swim in the uh, the surf off the off the coastline there to uh, to prove that there's no danger from this the crash of a plane which apparently had four nuclear weapons on <laughs> yeah. it. So he's swimming in the uh, swimming in the water to kind of prove that yeah it's yeah. totally safe. It's is. No big deal, no big mm. problem. Mm. And what's weird is this footage is in black and white, which mm. gave me the sense, and, and the clothing too, kind of gave me the mm. sense that this was decades ago. Yeah. And then and the rest of the film odd. is in two thousand two. Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> makes me wonder if uh, the idea was that it took, you know, for the threat that we eventually mm. get to, mm. it took decades for for it to germinate and mm. for this to happen. So that's that's kind of there. Then we immediately are introduced to two prison escapees. Uh, um, who are climbing through a disgusting pipe mm-hmm. to get themselves out of prison. Uh, the, this is uh, uh, Gugar or Gouger mm-hmm. is how yeah. I always thought yeah, of him. Gal- yeah, exactly. Considering he, all he wanted to do was like gouge out people's eyes. Yeah. And, 
Is it Scamp, I guess? Would be the uh, it took me forever to be able to figure out a name for this character, and Scamp is what I finally kind of yeah, came up yeah. with. You know? and, and whether those are accurate translations of the, I have no idea of the, of the names, actually, but that's kind of what I gave him, was because was, that seemed to be finally, like, way into the movie, I seemed to catch finally somebody calling him that. So, right, like, um, right. so Scamp's what I went with. Well, they are Who definitely... Is, and the first thing about Scamp is, uh, boy, his hair just doesn't look... Oh, that, that hair's a wig. Right, yeah, sure. But, that, that, but I mean, that's a, the, the first thought I had was, yeah, oh, why is this great. guy wearing yeah. a wig? Yeah, and and yeah, it's an obvious wig, and and uh, and it, you don't find out till way into the film, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, which was one of the things that I thought was okay. I kind of like that about the film, is it that part of it, it, it takes you a long time before they actually really call any attention to the fact that it is a wig, even though you as a viewer are immediately, my God, that's a horrible wig, but nobody mentions it <laughs> until uh, the film you finally realize why he's wearing a wig. So anyway, True, true, ahead. true. Go ahead. Well, this unlikely pair breaking out of prison, uh, and uh, the, the first thing I noticed was, one, crappy wig, There's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the shittiest wig, and two, so... I'm assuming this prison just allows you to wear your street clothes? <laughs> because they're talking about having been in there for a while, yeah. especially uh, Gouger. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at their clothes and going, I don't think you would wear that in prison, buddy. And this prison also like doesn't really ever worry about the fact that it's over a drain that's big enough for human bodies to move through. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's just... <laughs> Like no one would think, maybe once a day to check, make sure nobody's digging into our. Into Anyone going through that pipe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they uh, they climb out of this pipe. There's a little bit of dialogue between them to uh, to set up that I don't like either of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have uh, a lone driver, a woman whose car is apparently broken down right near where they're coming out of the pipe, who uh, looks looks quite attractive, and. Uh, her car, she's like at the hood of her car opens, working on it. So they go up and uh, kind of uh, accost her. And uh, since Gouger is waving a knife around, mm. once again, how did he have a knife in yeah. prison? I'd yeah. like to know. <laughs> Nevertheless, they get in the car with her, forcing her to take them where they want to go. Um, this woman's name is... Uh, now I'm not exactly sure that it's I C I A R, and I'm not okay, that's totally right. sure that's right. how to pronounce that. So we're going to have to just make a. We should, probably should ask the right. about now that. We're probably going to have to. Ichiar, 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 Anyway, yeah, we'll just call her the woman because she's pretty much the woman in this film. So well, the the engine driving uh, Gouger mm-hmm. or Galger or Googer or whatever we're going to call him. The thing driving him is that he wants to go see. Vicuna, mm-hmm. Victor Vicuna, this uh, local uh, mafia local, don, I guess, yeah, or gang boss, or whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. because before he got tossed in prison, what he got tossed in prison for was a heist that netted a cool million million euros, and he wants his cut of it. He wants his million euros. So his whole idea is to go to him and force it, you know, to, to force him to give his money to him. Mm. They're off. They're off to see the wizard. <laughs> there we go. So the movie progresses to from there to introduce Vicuna, this guy that they're been, they've been talking about, and it is of course Paul Nashy. Yay, Nashy! <laughs> now in this scene, we are introduced to him, and we're shown that uh, he's a nasty, nasty, nasty man. Yes, he is. Who uh, is in the position of? Uh, well, he's got two people who apparently owe him money, mm-hmm. and he has uh, had enough of their BS. It's a, it's a, it's a couple, a man and a woman, and uh, to emphasize just how angry he is, he uh, decides to uh, force the man to pull his pants down, bend over the pool table, and I'm not kidding you when yeah, I say this. 
uh, after after explaining that you know, look, a promise is a promise. Uh, Nashy Paul Nashy uh, anally rapes this man bent over a pool table. Now it was at yeah. this point, yeah, when I thought about punching out uh, of the film. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say punching out the director, which would have been my choice because no, it's like I'm, no, the, the, I can't I can't get to Spain, and if I go to Spain, yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to be doing other things. I'm yeah, not going to be yeah, seeking out yeah. someone just to punch him in the head. <laughs> now I will tell you this. The movie justifies this yes, in an odd is, science yes, fiction there way. Is, there is more to this as part it's, of the it's, ongoing. It's not exactly what you think. Yeah, yes, it's, exactly. it's not actually what you right. think it is when right. it's kind of horrendously introduced for shock yeah. value in mm. this scene in the movie. Yeah, which is fine. I don't mind that. And I'm mixed. I guess on one uh, one one aspect, you know, yes, I was first. I was thinking, okay, so you got Paul Nashi for a film, and you're going to have him. <laughs> ain't only rape so you're gonna have him be this you know yeah. but but then at the same time I also realized also my other thought was like well it's cool that Paul Nashy didn't take himself so seriously that he you know got into the aspect of the story and was just like sure I'll do this you know that's fun too you know so in a way yeah, it's yeah. kind of like okay you know it's, it's, well, it's plus cool. talk, talking about wigs Nashy's yeah. oh, wearing no, a he's, good wig his looks really cool this actually this looks, is professional this actually it's looks, this white shock of hair yeah, which is really back, awesome yeah and it actually looks better than a lot of the, the hair pieces he wore in the, I know. In the day so I, yeah I thought like Paul this is not a bad look for you dude this is, a good, this is a good look for him <laughs> Paul Nashy's looking really good he in this is. movie no matter what else we say about this Hell movie yeah. he really is looking good yeah. and he in a lot he, he's one of the, the top three reasons to be watching this movie at all he is because he really gets to see his teeth into this villain role, yeah. and he yeah. plays it to the hilt. Yeah. He does a good job with it. Well, he's been he's been perfecting that evil grin since Al, the Alec Demarnik days in oh, Horror right. Rises from the Tomb. And yes, this character is pretty much a one note villain, but he plays that with just total glee. I mean, the look on his face, that evil grin, is just fantastic. And yeah. uh, he gets he he doesn't you know no no he doesn't he doesn't walk through the role at all. You know, some more power to him. You know, I thought it was and this was one of the, this was one of the. One of the positives about, I mean, that we when we came to cover this film, because I had actually watched this film, you know, a couple of years ago, and yeah. somehow in my memory, maybe it was just because my initial overall feeling about the film, but I just, in my memory, I didn't think Paul Nashie was as big a part of it. I knew he was in it, but I thought his role was more modern. It is, so that was the nice thing in comeback rewatching. It's like, oh no, okay, he is actually a, 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 a he is actually a major character in the film. So I was wrong about that. So that's a good thing. So yeah, he's uh, he's throughout the film, but mm-hmm. I will say that about the twenty minute mark. There, there comes an event that uh, that made me think, wow, okay, so Nashi's part in this film is over. Oh, sure, yeah, right, yeah. You're, no, you're right. And maybe well, that's why in my memory, maybe that's what I, I think that's what I was remembering when wow, I was thinking really? back on yeah. the film was that and forgetting what it led to. And so that's what made me think that he was just in the first part of the film and forgetting. Yeah, but no, he's, he's, after, through, so, yeah. he's throughout, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, we've, we've pointed out once again, maybe we should emphasize that this is a comedy. Yeah. Now, when we've covered a Spanish comedy in the past, we've both uh, we we we've not really enjoyed ourselves for the most part because uh, a lot of the humor, a lot of these Spanish comedies, they don't travel well, right. and and I think that mm. the producers of them, especially back in the the seventies and eighties, knew they didn't travel well, mm-hmm. and the movies were kind of marketed specifically to appeal to the homegrown mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. So what we have here are films that are going to possibly all the references within them that would be amusing or humorous are things that you almost have to be a native Spaniard to get at all. Well, well, to emphasize your point. Most of the comedies we've covered from 
earlier in like say the late seventies you know, from Nashi or, or um were never dubbed and weren't dubbed in you know right. there aren't any dubbed versions and there's probably that's probably one of the key reasons for that. Yeah. Is because yeah. there was n- people back then distributors just knew that they would not be exploitable here, you know, because of the, yeah. the humor not working. So once again we have a film here where we're we're watching a, a fan subbed version of the film so we can we can mm-hmm. understand what's going on. So it's not that we don't understand the words, mm-hmm. it's that we don't understand the context. Mm-hmm. And without the context, a lot of the humor in this movie, yeah. well, I'd say about a third of the humor, really kind of comes off as head-scratching. Mm-hmm. It's not that we aren't laughing because we don't think it's funny, it's that we're not laughing because we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Now, that is one type of uh, missing the joke. Okay, right. sure. let's, let's, let's phrase it that way. Yeah. So, in certain contexts, missing the joke uh, is a good thing or a bad thing or just a neutral thing. Uh, if I'm missing the joke because of a, uh, because of uh, not having the context for it, mm-hmm. well, that's really my fault. I'm watching a comedy with references within it that I can't that I can't follow. And honestly, the movie was trying to tell me that it's in a foreign language. Yeah. So that's on me. Yeah, right. But then there are the there are other things within a within a comedy that. Um, let's just say are broader and therefore aren't really culturally significant in any way. They're kind of a, a universal subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, within those restrictions, if you're not laughing at it, then either the, the, the type of humor being used mm-hmm. is not to your taste yeah, yeah. or uh, maybe the joke itself isn't being well presented or yeah. well executed. Now, as you watch a film and you mm-hmm. <laughs> you realize, okay, um, this is this is obviously a comedy. They're trying to be funny. Um, you can't fake laughter. Okay, no, no. that you definitely you cannot do it. There's no, no way to Something fake. Something either laughter. strikes you as funny or it doesn't. Yeah. Right. So, my reaction to a comedy is going to be one of the most basic and obvious ones that you're ever going to yeah. find, which is, did it make me laugh? Yeah. Checkbox yes or checkbox no. There you go. Yeah. There are reasons why some of the humor in this movie doesn't work for me that I can't blame the film for. Mm-hmm. But there's way more yeah. that I can blame the film for because it's just not to my taste. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that they should have made a different kind of movie. It's just that I shouldn't be watching the movie because it's not to my taste. Mm-hmm. I know not to watch whatever piece of dreck Adam Sandler pukes mm-hmm. out yeah. because the man has yet to ever make me laugh. Mm-hmm. People have shown me clips from, from mm-hmm. quote-unquote, his best movies and mm-hmm. have said, this is hysterical, and I've sat there waiting for the mm-hmm. laugh, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, it just it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I've seen other people sit and watch Three Stooges mm-hmm. and never crack a grin. Yeah, and, so, yeah it, and, I, and I love the Stooges. Right, you know, right. I'm just like it. So yeah. humor is one of those sure. intrinsic it's, to oh, it's the tough. individual things. And it no one is. can recommend comedy unless you know that person's sense of humor mm-hmm. and you've, you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've experienced a, a, yeah. sim- a similar yeah. kind of enjoyment of certain types of humor. You're absolutely right. You mm-hmm. can't recommend comedies for people. It's just really hard. I've known people who... Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree totally. Who, who could not understand why the hell I was laughing my ass off at Raising Arizona, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I know what you mean, yeah. So, I will tell you that there were moments in Mucha Sangre where I laughed. 
Mm, yeah, same here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are some, for me, there were some genuine laughs in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I But too. the vast majority of the time, yeah. I was either scratching my head because I didn't have the context, which mm. that's on me. But the rest of the time, yeah. I was just shaking my head because I really don't find the type of humor mm. to be amusing. There were the times when you're thinking, like, this really feels like it was written by a pair of, like, some 10-year-old boys or something. You know, <laughs> to a degree. Or yeah. uh, teenagers trying to impress each other. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's pitched mm-hmm. at a sophomoric level. Mm-hmm. Now, man, sometimes I can enjoy that. If you can do mm-hmm. sophomoric humor in a clever way. Oh, yeah. If you can do sophomoric humor in a way that comes at, uh, that comes at me in a... Mm-hmm. I don't know, a, a new and different and intriguing yeah. way and you surprise me with it, mm-hmm. you can get me. You can yeah. make me laugh. Same here, yeah. Uh, this is not a no. subtle film. No. This is not a film, and and, and that's not a, that's, saying that, I'm not trying to criticize the film. The film is not attempting to be subtle. There's nothing no, subtle no, about no, it. It's no. attempting to be a no, it knows what its target. It knows what its target audience is. Right. This movie's template for mm-hmm. its humor mm-hmm. is Peter Jackson's uh, first two films, Bad Taste and Meet mm-hmm. the Feebles. Right. As well as uh, Sam Raimi's uh, first couple of Evil Dead movies, okay? Yeah. yeah. That's what it's aiming for. Grotesque, gory, mm. disgusting, uh, violent in a comedically grotesque way. That's what the, that, that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. Street Trash would be another one. That's Street Trash. Trash. There's yeah. A good, yeah, there's a good example. There, mm. there you go, yeah. A trauma film. Trauma's kind of, trauma uh, films maybe is... Yes, now see, that's just it. audience now, maybe. Until you mentioned trauma, we were talking about movies that I enjoyed. Sure, yeah. But no, I know, I know. I'm trauma not saying, is the yeah, other no. side of that line. It's it. it is yeah. where there doesn't, where I don't. It doesn't make me laugh because there's no cleverness to it. Everything yeah. is over obvious. It's yeah. it's <clears throat> sledgehammer see, blows to the head. See, here's where yeah, because this is I think important to say because, you know, when I don't like, you know, the kind of humor that's in this film, and I think you're the same way. It's not because we're prudes. Or don't think that this stuff should be you oh, know, Lord. bodily function to be. You know, we're not. It's no, be, no, no. I think it's because it it says it says uh, it, it it speaks of lack of imagination. You know, when we see this resorting to this kind of humor, done in this kind of way, it just it's kind of that lowest common denominator. It's just kind of that like you you say that you say to me you're creatively bereft if this is the yes. best that you can do, and you know, and that's kind of that's why it's 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 it, it leaves me cold, you know, with, the, with that. And like you said, those moments when that kind of humor can get you are usually because they are they are within a context that is more intelligent and more well thought out, or has other has other values going for it, you know, yeah. has other things to sell it, you know. But it's when it's first ends up. This is first and foremost. This is what we are here to do, and it just uh, yeah. So that's that's good. That's what it bothers me. It's not because it. It offends me, but because it it just it just uh, I just find oh, it, no, no, I just no, find no, it lack of I just find it creatively lacking. You know, it just is. Oh, let me, yeah, let, let me disabuse anyone listening yeah. to this of the thought that I found anything in this movie offensive. No, 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 man. The ba- bad taste to meet the feebles. Yeah, especially meet the feebles. I love meet the feebles. That's one of the most grotesque, over the top, gross, disgusting films you're ever mm. going to find. Mm. Uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, especially Evil Dead Two. I mean, come on, man. There's an eyeball goes swimming through the air into somebody's mm. mouth. I freaking love that movie. That's mm. what I'm talking about. It's that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. That's the tone they're mm. aiming for. The thing is, those movies, those are clever films. Yeah, those are yeah. films with yeah. a lot of. I your 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 word is accurate. I think imagination. Yeah. When those when you sit down to watch those movies, there's an inventiveness, a creativity, mm. uh, an energy mm. um, that. 
boils over. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of energy in this film at yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of herky-jerky, stop and start. Yeah. And there's the threadbare germs of some good ideas and things that could have been better, you know, of an idea of a film that could have been a better film, I think. We can talk about that later, but anyway, yeah. Well, let's let's lay this out right now. Let's just go ahead and say this. What what, what it turns out to be is this turns out to be a science fiction horror film because what we end up with is uh, it turns out that no matter how hard you try, you can't kill uh, Paul Nashie's character or any of his minions. Mm -hmm. Uh, They seem to at first be zombies Mm. because no matter what you do to them, they just Mm. keep coming. Mm. What it turns out to be is a an alien invasion, an alien infection. Mm-hmm. That uh, the infection, one of the things that should have been better in the script, is that they can only invade human males. Right. So the females are worthless to them. They can't. They can't do anything. Well, not totally worthless. As well, yeah. Well, yeah. they're not totally worthless. They're food. They're if they're food exactly. Uh, which is uh, which is interesting. There's some ideas there. They yeah. they, they do some. They do. They're. they're there are some clever moments in the film mm. that revolve around uh, flipping the gender bias that is normally in yeah. a horror film. Right. Where you have men who are mm. under extreme threat, mm. and it's really only the woman in the room who has the opportunity and, and, and mm. uh, the, the, the opportunity to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the movie doesn't do nearly enough with that. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, it barely does anything with it in one scene. Yeah. But the uh, because then immediately we have the woman stupidly getting drunk for no reason in a room full of yeah. people she knows she needs to be worried about. Yeah. So that's the that's the through line of the film is you have essentially an alien invasion of this type, and uh, these uh, the uh, criminal gouger, the guy with the knife who just wants his damn money, uh, is kind of the engine that drives things. It turns out that his uh, bewigged escapee partner mm-hmm. was actually an undercover cop put in prison to help him and aid and abet him in escaping because they wanted to try to get to they the to, Paul Nashy character right. and put him in jail. Yeah, and the and the woman is actually his, his lover and is Scamp's lover, and she's a cop too. They're both right. have They're set both up cops. this. Yeah, and they basically kind of allowed. Gouger, Gouger, he's he's befriended Gouger with the idea of helping him escape, so that knowing that she was going to be waiting out there and and that they were going to abduct her, and so that he would lead them to Vacuna. Um, like I said, that's one of the things I liked about the film is how long they play out that string. They keep yeah. dropping. They let you know throughout the film in little bits and pieces that it's obvious that Scamp and this woman know each other in some way because he accidentally calls her by name at some point and Gouger right. like says how did you know her name, you know her name? Yeah. at one point then they start groping each other and start to have sex you know so it's like okay obviously they know each other lovers still waits even longer though before it reveals that they're cops and so that's one thing that I thought was was handled well in the in the film you know was the way they kind of kept playing out that spool there till they finally like let you know what was going on should I have already said spoilers at any rate, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe yes. We didn't actually talk about that, did we? <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, I'll I'll put something in the show notes, which I'm sure almost no one ever reads. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the quote unquote plot of the film. Mm-hmm. To just a kind of in a nutshell, mm-hmm. um, you have these uh, these three characters working together, even after they. Uh, even after the criminal knows that the other two are cops, they're still working together because they have this outside threat they have to deal with, which right. are these incredibly dangerous criminals slash aliens who are attempting to kill them. ¿Qué se les ofrece, señores? ¿Cómo que señores, cuña? Soy yo, el cortajo. El tío que ha estado por ti en la trena durante tres años. Ya que todavía 
yo le debes un millón de euros. Quiero cobrar. ¡Ya! Me temo que yo a usted no le recuerdo. Y mucho menos esa deuda que menciona. ¡Será cabrón! Vienes aquí, me pides dinero, me insultas, empiezas a amenazarme. Y ni siquiera sé quién eres, coño. Bájate los pantalones. Que te den por el culo. Por culo te van a dar a ti. ¡Gilipollas! ¡Mierda! quieto, eh! Si no queréis que adone la pared con los cesos de vuestro jefe. Mi dinero. ¡Ya! Okay, let's talk a little bit about the things that we uh, like about Mucha Sangre and the things that we do not like. Now, uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with something I like. Okay. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that, uh, as we've said before, Paul Nash, he really gets to chew up the scenery. Mm -hmm. He gets he to play a villain to the hilt, and mm -hmm. it is a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. That's a blast. The other thing, and this actually I'm going to put ahead of the fact that I enjoyed watching Nashy in this film because I'm a Paul Nashy fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say right up front that there is one scene in this movie that I think is very, very funny. I mm -hmm. think the whole scene, it's a short scene, mm -hmm. but I think it's extremely mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. But that is a scene where uh, there's a secondary character mm -hmm. that uh, once uh, our two uh, cr uh, supposed criminals have escaped from prison, uh, the first place they go is not directly to see Paul Nashi. They go to uh, this buddy of Gouger's, mm -hmm. who is kind of a kind of a go-between. He's uh, I don't know what you'd describe. He, he kind of runs a kind of ramshackle business, right? And he's a kind of low-level fence or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but that character. Mm. Goes along with them for for the ride and actually becomes kind of uh, well. He, he gets infected by the aliens later mm -hmm. on, and they yeah. they uh, they have a, a another kind of funny scene, but not nearly as funny as this. There comes a moment. This character actor, whoever this Spanish actor mm. is, is fantastic, and he yeah. actually steals every damn scene yeah, that he's in. He is. Yeah, he is really good. And the sequence when they get to Vacuna, when they get to Paul Nashi's bad guy. Uh, 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 den board mm -hmm. wherever it's, it's mm -hmm. like a nightclub and in the back the back room of a nightclub yeah um they uh, after all hell has broken loose and they think they that they've tried to kill nashi's character and all his henchmen and realize that they're zombies or something because they can't kill them uh our our lead characters get the hell out of dodge but they leave behind this poor sap mm -hmm. who is then held by these people who want to know where to find them And so they're beating him up and kind of torturing him, trying to get information out of him. But the, they have him strapped to a chair and are just beating the hell out of him. Yeah. But they're not asking him any Maybe questions. Chris is right, yeah. And he says to them, yeah. flat out, hey, hold on. If you want, if you want yeah. information from me, you need to ask me questions. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I actually got it down here somewhere. Hold yeah. on. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, the character's name is Juan. That's right, that's right. He said... Uh, Uh, if if you're beating the shit out of me for answers to a question, I'd appreciate the question. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then a few minutes later, he says, "Okay, look, look, I can I confess, I confess, 
I did whatever it was that pissed you off. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets funnier and funnier yeah. because he, he really is just trying to find whatever yeah, whatever magic them, words will yeah. make them stop punching yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That is that. Yeah, I agree. I, that was, to me, the best scene in the film. You know, I thought that yeah, was yeah. Did, did, you know, in, a, in a lot of ways, that really is For a film to be a comedy, for a film that's one to be a comedy, that yeah. was the one that was, I thought, the most amusing. And, yeah. It didn't need any special context. Yeah. The only context necessary was that by then you'd spend a little bit of time with this character and he's essentially just trying to make these people stop. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Whatever I did that pissed you off. That is good. Sir. I did it and yeah. I, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that was truly funny. Um what what but besides that scene, uh, mm. did you find out what what did you find in it uh, that gave you uh, gave you joy? I liked uh, well another one involving that character. I think you kind of hinted at it too. Is I like the, the you know this I like the concept of the aliens that are not like you know it's not the typical oh a shot to the head you know kills them kind of zombies or whatever That's you know, true. zombies. I mean I mean like the zombies you're, there's you know you expect that to be it's not you have the scene where this guy basically once he gets turned to a zombie. And they have him, they're basically trying to figure out how, they're using him basically as a guinea pig. The heroes are using him as a guinea pig, like, you know, how we're going to try to figure out how to kill him. And unfortunately, the scene goes on much longer than it needed to, you know, but it starts from a good, it 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 starts from an amusing part because they, because they can't no matter what they do to him. And I like the way some of the effects were rendered, you know, I mean, they, uh, like they, because they keep cutting off his head and the head keeps growing back. And that's actually a pretty well done effect. Um, and, and so it's amusing and kind of inventive to a point. And then again, it just kind of plays its card too much. It just kind of goes, oh, it, it doesn't know when to, to, to rein it back. And eventually you're kind of just starting to, it could have been a, like it could, yeah. right, right, right. It could have been a great scene because yeah, yeah. it begins well and it ends well. Right. Yeah. In the middle, mm-hmm. it's it's too flabby. Mm-hmm. If you've yeah. gone in and just edited a little yeah. in that sequence and cut out just a few seconds mm-hmm. here and there mm-hmm. and tightened that sequence up, it could have mm-hmm. been really funny from beginning to end. Because the uh, the guy Juan, who's being essentially like chopped to pieces, but then all the pieces continue to grow back. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what the hell's going on either. Yeah, right, right. He's, he has yeah. he has no idea. Yeah. And there's some, there's some there's some funny moments while it's happening. Yeah. And then there are some funny visuals. the the, yeah. the visual of the, the the pile of heads that they've yeah, cut right. off after they've cut off all these, and there's just this huge pile. Of, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a funny image, mm. but it, it's it's unfortunately kind of overstretched just mm. a little in the middle. Yeah. But yeah. the sequence ends really well because that's when we get that that the I, I think quite mm. funny gender flip sequence when the two men mm. are. Are cartoonishly, but in a funny way for yeah. me, yeah. standing on a chair trying to stay out of the way of yeah. the alien that has now escaped the body. They discovered how to do how, yeah. how to actually mm-hmm. get the alien out of this body that keeps you know mm-hmm. reanimating it, mm-hmm. and it's running around the room like some rabid weasel. Yeah, and the the only thing that won't be bothered by it is the woman who is in the position of having mm-hmm. these two men stand yeah. on a chair like frightened housewives yeah. <laughs> as she tries to blow it away with a shotgun. Yeah. That's the scene ending well, mm-hmm. but like I say, you're right. I mean, it's just it's it's too long. The sequence is too long because then you start to kind of feel, mm-hmm. you, you start to think instead yeah. of being amused by the scene. You start to think within the scene, and you start to kind of get a little, mm. 
a little tired of it because it's like, okay, 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 we get the point. We get the yeah. point. We get the point. We get the point. Yeah. Get to, and, and if they, like I say, if they just trimmed it up a little bit and gotten to the, to the, mm-hmm. to the way they end it, which is clever and kind of, a, kind of damned imaginative, mm-hmm. that whole sequence could have been the yeah. set piece mm-hmm. that defined the movie, which is yeah. kind of what mm-hmm. I think they thought it was anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to mention something that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And everything that I'm going to tell you that I don't like, you will notice is humor that did not work for me. Yeah. One, there's a reoccurring police officer character. Oh, it's the yeah, same actor. Yeah, like, have to, yeah. <laughs> I know. Who shows up, I think, three separate times in the movie. Mm-hmm. And each time, it's the same gag. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls someone over in a car or comes up to someone who's in a car to tell them that their tail light is broken. Yeah. And they need to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And then something hideous happens. Yeah. Uh, the moment when I knew the movie probably was not going to work 100% for me was the very first time yeah. that get characters introduced. And as the characters, as our lead characters drive away from him, one of them flicks a cigarette butt, which magically goes into this yeah. guy's gas tank and then yeah. blows up both the gas station and the cop car. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I'm glad you could afford an explosion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry if you thought it was going to make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make me laugh. It made me kind of groan because yeah. it's like, oh, really? Come on, man. There's, yeah. I can think of five clever ways to have mm. done that to mm. make it something that didn't immediately mm. make me roll my eyes. It yeah. would have made me roll with it as something plausible yeah. or at right. least amusingly right. plausible. But. A cigarette butt flipping through the air in slow motion and landing in a gas tank of in the gas open gas tank of a car ain't it right? So I that's that's remember me talking about the types of humor. Yeah, that's yeah. not cultural. That is me not finding it. If I, I have all the yeah. context in the world, I need right. for that sequence, and I right. just don't think it's funny. Yeah. So well, well, but and then you know the sequence, you know. Then the fact that he's a couple of things where he ends up having face face falling shit or something, you know, and okay, taste that it. was and like, my next. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. come on, you know. It's just yeah, that itself too is just like, yeah, every, and yes, exactly. Because that's what I'm talking about. When, that's when it feels like it's yeah. you know, like said teenage boys, you know, writing a script in their what clubhouse if, or something what if, like. What know, if the cop fell again and, 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 and landed in in a pile of shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> it wasn't funny the second time. It wasn't funny the third time, mm-hmm. and having the cop always taste the shit as if he as if it's chocolate, which yeah. it probably was. Yeah, but. doesn't make it funny either. No. So <clears throat> every complaint I'm going to have about this movie is going to be about the humor, and it's going to be because I found the humor mm-hmm. the humor sophomorically unfunny. Not yeah. unfunny because it's sophomoric, but yeah. unfunny mm-hmm. in a sophomoric way. Yeah, yeah. There's sophomoric humor that. That slays me. Oh yeah, I can point to a number of moments in Monty Python that oh. is just oh god. Well, I, I sophomore still, humor. Still, still one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen and the hardest I've ever laughed in a theater was the the Mr. Creosote scene from Meaning of Life, the throwing oh, up cool. in the restaurant yeah. scene. You know that's yeah. and, and it's as it's as horrifying and disgusting as ever. But it's hilarious. And it goes on and yeah, on yes, it and does. on. It does. But, but it, you'll notice that 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 sequence. Yeah. As long as it goes on, they're constantly finding ways to yeah. make it funny. Yes, yes, they are. In a yeah. different way. Mm-hmm. They're shading things, they're doing things. Mm-hmm. It, and, of course, that whole thing boils down to just how funny John Cleese is as oh. the waiter. Oh, but, God, yeah. Huh, let's not start talking about something that's actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what did you think? Okay, what? Okay, I've talked about I've talked about the 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 sequence that I thought was really truly funny, mm-hmm. uh, which was the 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 quote unquote torture scene. Yeah. But uh, you had already seen this movie once before, and mm-hmm. your takeaway from it was just a, an intense dislike. Mm-hmm. Going back to it, mm-hmm. did you find anything funny on a second viewing that you had? forgotten about from your first viewing in other words having mm. seen it now a second time mm-hmm. uh, a few years after the fact mm. were there things in it that struck you as better on a second viewing or, uh, not, or not I'm curious. yeah the humor was not one of them although you know I agree with you the sequences we talked about that did have some good humor there yeah. you know that were you know I, I I did like those I didn't um, I didn't find the film any funnier not really any better but I mean obviously the second time around you're starting to notice uh, well like I said I did well I take that back I did find it better in the fact that I was that Paul Nashie was so much more stronger in the film than I remembered him as being okay yeah um, and um, you know I, I think I think looking at it a second time I, for the most part I don't think the film is uh, incompetently made I mean in the sense of technically I think it's fairly solid it's not great now it's a little, editing, it's, it's a little sloppy what, what there's problems are with the editing there's problems with the sequences going on too you know too long. too long so there is a problem with with brevity a problem with editing or the just timing there's a timing problem in a lot of cases the way yeah. it unfolds i think the whole way the climax unfolds is a little clumsy too because there are things that could have been uh, there are things in the last you know 10 15 minutes that i think could have been explained and shown a little better that would have made right. it a right. little tighter so i think the last third is a little sloppier than the the build up so when i say that i think that there's not too many problems i have with first of all i think that all the cast is good with what they're given to do. I oh, think that, oh, I agree. I, I think agree that had you. the characters been better written, I think that the leads, as well as Nashi and the other, and, and I mean, most everybody's pretty solid in their roles, and I think that the action sequences, I mean, they're not incoherent for the most part. I mean, they're fairly they're fairly solidly done. Like I said, if the script was better and there's better to work with there, I'll, I, I, it came away as being a little more t- technically better than I remembered it as being. Um, but uh, one thing I came away with thinking on this is that this might have worked better in a lot of ways not being a comedy. And I guess in a lot of ways we've already kind of pointed that. But in other words, yeah. I think that this could have been... If it been, had been a serious film that had a few funny moments. Yes, yes. And more like yeah. an action adventure kind of... I'm thinking like what I think of it is like it could have been a real nice kind of dust to dawn kind of effect in the sense of... Which you is start, something they're going for at I a certain think point. so. That, 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 that big gunfight in the, in the bar is yeah. something where they're trying... Yeah. It's very clear that they're trying to kind yeah. of go for... That uh, that mid that mid film moment when all hell breaks loose in the bar. Yeah, it's like if you if you start with if you start with that premise of yeah we think this is going to be you know a story of like uh, guys trying to pull a sting on a drug you know on a drug don and like yeah. it's going to be an action adventure and then suddenly oh whoa what the hell is this is like aliens coming or zombies whatever it is I think that that could have been done a little more like you said with like a fun action adventure with bits of comedy. Um, you know, then I think it could have worked a little better. It's 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 where it tries to be a comedy, and because of the art, the the the, the level of its comedy, you know, is bad. I mean, there's a whole sequence in this film. I remember, I remember it's one of the things that really like turned me off the first time, as far as just you know, maybe roll my eyes and think like, oh god, is this what this is gonna be like? But uh, the scene where uh, early in the film, where you know they're they're hanging out in that bar where they've got the girl hostage and the two protagonists, you know, one of them goes over to scamp goes over to urinate in the toilet and the whole thing is just oh I know pointless. we get this scene where the camera's looking up through the toilet while he's basically pissing on the lens and the way it's set up and calling attention to it 
you're thinking something here There's is going to, to this, happen yeah. to him. Instead, we realize, no, the whole point was they wanted to make us laugh or be grossed out by the fact that we're seeing this nasty toilet and seeing that, you know, and it's that kind of thing where I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I personally, I don't think I would have laughed at this when I, when I was 10 years old. And I sure, <laughs> sure as hell not laughing at it now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there's, oh, well, also the, there's a, there's a slapdash, almost sloppy nature to it, and part of that may be due to budget, but at the same time, they also are kind of... They almost are trying to throw in a lot of pop culture references that are almost international in tone. Right. As if as if to say, none of this should be taken very seriously, and we're going to emphasize this by like dropping a few, yeah. a, a few uh, seconds of the Mission Impossible theme in here, yeah, right? right? You know, yeah. for a few seconds, and we're going to uh, go out of our way to have uh, this uh, rock and roll band be, uh, you know, somebody we, pa- you know, their their tour bus. We're going to pass it on the road early in the film, and later on they're going to play in the bar. Yeah. Oh, there's one part where it kind of like we go into sort of a spaghetti western theme kind of scene. I think where yeah. it kind of does a little zoom in trying to get like a, a, a Sergio Leone kind of feel for a second just because they know universally an audience is going to know what that's well, well I mean not only that there's a there's a direct uh, Nashy reference where at one point where he's on screen you oh, hear the, the, the kind the of wolf howl the, the wolf howl in the background mm. and it's like okay yeah well I understand that mm. but I mean there are you know they're direct they're direct references to you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. of this nature and that's that's all well and good, but unfortunately, they draw attention to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by drawing attention to themselves, you're not uh, you're not folding these things mm-hmm. into your narrative. You're you're sticking them there as signposts. You're mm-hmm. not uh, they're not uh, they're not naturally occurring pieces mm-hmm. that are uh, natural to the narrative. They're they're yeah. not they're not natural to the narrative. They they're there to draw attention to themselves in some way. They're they're yeah. there so that somebody can go, oh, see, look, look, look. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. The pe- but unfortunately, the people going look, look, look are the people who are making it, not the yeah. people who are watching. Right. So, and and, and I think you also uh, you really hit on something too that I think when you said that it this film I think missed the chance to have done something a lot more clever with the whole gender flipping like we're talking about. It yeah. sets that up yeah. because early in the film you talked about like there not being anything that that offended us in the film. There's one thing that I found a little uncomfortable early on, but I wondered if it was you know again a matter of translation or you know obviously. You know, because of the level of the audience that this is playing to, you know, there's constant. Every time someone walks up to the female lead, they have to show a close-up of her breast. That that you know, I mean, this is like you know, I know yeah. to, but when the guys kidnap her, when they think they kidnapped her, you know, when when she's supposed to be the hostage, and Gouger keeps making references to let's rape her, you know, that and now and that's obviously an uncomfortable like thing. Right. But again, you know, that's that's something that. I could be like I could find that kind of uncomfortable here. Like I wasn't like it's like this is he's saying this like that this is supposed to be something maybe that we're supposed to find funny, you know. And, I, and a lot of me wondered, well, okay, maybe you know, obviously these guys maybe they're trying to show that this guy's being a kind of a buffoon because he's sex obsessed, and maybe rape is not the word that was best to translate what he's saying. Maybe he is really saying that. I don't know. But then I thought, no, I, like, think, I think he's definitely saying. But then I thought, like, okay, I don't find that funny. I don't find that you know that's that it's you know. The, that's not something, you know, like, let's put it this way. If they were making an American film about sex-obsessed guys, there's no way any of them would make any kind of reference, you know, at this time, in this day and age. There's no oh, way they, get, they would get away with having any of the characters. If they're supposed to ultimately be characters we pull for or find ourselves liking, they would never have that character say something like that about a woman, no matter how much they're obsessed with their body, if they're supposed to be characters that we're supposed to... Identify, identify with or like or, or somehow yeah. kind of end up being the anti-heroes or the reluctant heroes or something like that. Right. 
So, but what they could have done, because like you said later, when we find that actually it's the males who are threatened, and that whole scene where the guys are up on the table hugging each other because they're scared of this alien penis, basically, shaped thing that they know what it's trying to do to them. You know, if they had played that up more with the woman becoming really had allowed her character become much more of a, a much stronger than they did, you know, and, and kind of play that out then that might actually put kind of an interesting spin on the fact that earlier in the film, the guy's talking about, you know, I mean, like he's callously talking about raping this woman later in the film. He finds himself basically in that position, you know, that could have been more interesting to play with had it been a more imaginative film, you know? So it's kind of like there were these potentials here that they just, that they kind of flatline there. And see when, when we, when it's completely revealed the, that, it's the men who are under threat, and yeah. it, and our our main female is the one who's going to be able to mm-hmm. to uh, essentially take care of business. Mm-hmm. The movie then just belly flops. It does. It really does because, uh, because it, that it, it it has a great idea there. That's mm-hmm. a that's a solid idea. That's a good yeah. idea. I like I like yeah. that idea. There's a lot to you're right. There's a lot to be done with that. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. that the female, the strong female lead, mm-hmm. who throughout the film she's been strong female lead, mm-hmm. and now we mm-hmm. realize, okay, well she's really the one that's going to have to take mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Immediately goes into a bar mm-hmm. where she knows a lot of these people are threats and drinks herself into a drunken stupor. Mm-hmm. It's Insane. She knows good well. She's going in there specifically to scout the place out. Mm. And the whole time this scene is going on, I cannot figure out what the fuck is happening. And the only other thing I thought of, I thought like, well, is this drink they're giving her because the bartenders are part of it? Are they drugging her? Are they purposely? (coughs) Is that why she's getting you know? But but even that doesn't totally make sense because all the other women they've captured. There's this ongoing thread in the film where people are talking about newsreel talk, news footage. They're talking about all these girls being kidnapped. And what it is is, of course, the Nashi and his bunch are kidnapping them to basically eat them. So they throw them into this pit. Now, now, why do they not throw her? Why instead that they kind of bring her in and set her at this feast that they're all having for no real purpose that it ever reveals, like, why? You know, it's... it's other well, other, just, other than to play, you know, other than to replay the uh, the, the dinner table sequence in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, that's exactly. The whole, that's the only do. reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. So yeah, I mean it's 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 just yeah that's what I'm talking about really especially that last third of the film really unravels you know with the the ideas yeah, yeah. that you know uh, so and it, and it wasn't bound too tight to begin with no it wasn't it wasn't so yeah well and here's the thing this is a short movie this movie clocks in at I think an hour and is it an hour and fifteen minutes somewhere eighty at there? the most you know eighty at the most it may have been seventy five or 70 yeah, minutes, yeah. So, yeah and it's it it could, it needed to lose a few minutes of that yeah, just yeah. to tighten up. Even if they even if they just the way it is, if they mm. just tightened it up a little bit, mm. it could have it, it would have felt a little bit better. Or lost more from the first, or lost more from the early part of the film and put a little more into the end of the film. You know, to 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 yeah, to yeah, to, to to visually show that a little better. You know, they could have lost something from say sequences early on in the film. Something like that. But. Say less time spent with the the shit shit face falling cop. I mean, yeah. that could have been good. Yeah. You know, without without that without yeah. the cop character, that yeah. that was completely superfluous. Mm-hmm. So, or where they're hiding out, and the two guys come up on their car and find it, the weapons that are hidden in the back. You know, and I mean, all that was like a, oh yeah, a totally I forgot all about that pointlessness. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of pointlessness. There really is. There really is. But not to our podcast. We are never pointless, are we? Never in a million years. Never Troy. do we veer off. Never. never do we veer off course. No matter how hideous my <laughs> phlegm problem is, people, people, <laughs> send money. This poor man needs <laughs> needs cold medicine. He does. Send money to this podcast that know, you we need to clearly love if you've made it this far. 
we need to send him. There's new clinics out west for tubercular people that we're going to send him out to. Little, uh, yeah, spas. They're going to send him out to little spas out to. Oh God, I'm tubercular now. That's, that's 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 not that's not. I don't need. I don't even need to think about that. All right. Well, to wrap up the discussion of uh, Mucha Sangre for right now, uh, let's let's talk about ratings. What uh, neither of us really thought yeah. much of this film i'm just curious yeah. what uh what number grade you gave it on the one to ten scale uh, you know I, I couldn't give it more than a three you know it's it exactly was, where it, i yeah, was right it now. okay yeah, yeah. I was, like i said i uh, uh nashi's presence and the fact that again i don't think it was too technically incompetent I mean, that's about all that i could that could ever uh, that gave it its points you know but three was uh that's the highest i could go so i'm with you i'm yeah. with you i'm right i'm right there with you uh the high points are you know the the ju- the, the juicy roll the the, the 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 chewy chewy scenery roll mm, yeah. for uh for Paul Nash is wonderful yeah and uh you know what you know look, kind of looking at the movie from you know a thousand foot level it has one scene that I mm. really found amusing mm-hmm. uh, that character uh made me laugh made me laugh a few times in the mm. movie actually yeah, yeah. but uh, and there are few moments where I could see how the people making this were trying, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it just does not work for me. It's a comedy. Yeah. If it's not working for me, there's a, there's an yeah. easy litmus test. <laughs> yeah, and, sure you is. Know, if I'm not laughing, it ain't working. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I gave it a three, two. So. Well, to put it in context, I think I... Uh... I think I laughed more at the. I think I laughed more at what was the Nashy comedy we watched. Uh, um, not oh the, my God, Operation Mantis! I think I laughed more at Operation Mantis than this. So that tells you. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, so that's if that. Yeah, that should. Operation take Mantis was pretty rough. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, there were. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some funny moments in the film, but I'll put it this way: I think Nashy and Drag Ooh. was funnier than uh, than uh, than this film. <laughs> Nashy and Drag was funny, and, and Nashy as a punk that, rocker was even. Nashy as a punk yeah. rocker had me a chuckling. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, folks, that's uh, that's Mucha Sangre. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the only opinion you're going to hear about this film in no. this podcast, no. though. Uh, we asked our dear uh, Elena, she of Har Rises from Spain, the, the mm. podcasting and website. Spanish Fear. And Spanish Fear, the website, Spanish Fear, of course. We asked her opinion. Mm. And uh, she has uh, a good bit of information about the movie, uh, as, well of, as well as an opinion of her own, which, not to spoil anything, but she's kind of on our track. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so uh, uh, she has sent us some uh, information here. She was kind enough to do it in MP3 format. As you can as well, folks. You don't have to just yeah, type right. out your uh, responses to the podcast. You may record them and send them to us, and we will be more than glad to fold them into the show and make them a part of the proceedings. Here is Mistress Elena telling us a little bit of information, a little behind-the-scenes stuff, and some opinion on Mucha Sangre. Hi, Rod. Hi, Troy. How are you? I hope you are doing fine. This is Elena from Spain, and I have to say that it's an honor to be able to be here with you again. I'm sending you this MP3 talking about Mucha Sangre, you know, the movie directed by Pepe de las Heras, that I know you are covering for, for sorry, this Nazi cast. Uh, first of all, I have to confess that uh, I don't like this movie at all, mainly because of the kind of humor they are using during the whole movie that we can consider it very silly you know kind of slapstick humor 
Second of humanity is very typical of Spain in the low class or for Tinea, we can say, because they have a lot of sexual references, uh, you know, people, <laughs> you know, that kind of things. And also with a lot of swearing words, kind of. I would say I have to use a word in English. I was a redneck for sure, <laughs> but I don't want anyone to feel offended. Okay, um, it's uh, a kind of humor that is very typical of B-flicks here in Spain, you know, tacky movies, and uh, that has no sense at all. At least for me, some people love it, but it's not for <laughs> general audiences. Um, there are also some jokes that included that I think you didn't understand. For example, the jail they are escaping from is called Torre Bruno, and Torre Bruno was a showman from the 70s. I said is here in Spain. Well, actually, he was Italian, but he he became very very famous here in in my country. He was presenting uh, especially shows for kids, and he was very very short. Um, and he sang a lot of uh, songs, uh, very typical ones. I, I was going to give you an example, but better not. <laughs> I better not sing because you're going to lose all your public. Okay, um, I was checking um, internet, I was surfing on the net, but I couldn't find any information about Nazi liking or not this movie. I'm sorry, but I cannot check uh, any kind of books because I don't have it here. Yeah, I don't have them here with me. But I have the impression, I have the feeling that Paul Nassi didn't like this movie so much. First, let's say, because it's not uh, his kind of humor, his kind of movie. It's not. We cannot consider it horror. We cannot consider it sci-fi. So I think... It's he's totally out <laughs> of the role. Um, secondly, because I think he had seen better times before, he was coming from directing, and, and so so. I I have the feeling that he was not very happy with it. Also, maybe he he never talked about it uh, because he didn't want to say anything wrong. Um, also. Don't forget that this is Pepe de las Heras first and last. <laughs> Sorry. And, um, and last movie. Um, after this movie, he he tried to, to do another one, but uh, called whatever show I don't remember. But he was not lucky. He didn't find... He couldn't find a producer. And now he's working, uh, he's working on something really, really weird. Is a documentary about Jose Antonio. Jose Antonio was Francisco Franco's friend, companion in Falange. Um, and, and so, kind of where, and I don't want to say anything bad about Pepe de las Heras, okay, but um, I don't know, maybe he has <laughs> lost <laughs> something. Anyway, but okay, this is uh, his only movie. Uh, before. He was working as a music video director, and what's important is that he directed uh, the music videos by Mojinos Escocidos. Mojinos Escocidos is the, the band that appeared in the movie. Um, 
it's a very special special band because um, they use the same kind of humor that is included in the movie. I mean, Mojinos Escocidos, uh, what they do is they take a classic uh, rock and roll bass or tune and then they include lyrics that are um, that talk about sex, that talk about drugs, um, also talk about sexually transmitted diseases, kind of Islamistic humor, and the videos, the music videos are the same, and most of them are directed by, by Pepe de las Heras. And also I have the impression while watching this movie that Pepe de las Heras wanted to... to, to make a movie that was close to Alex de la Iglesia's style. You know, Alex de la Iglesia is the director of The Day of the Beast. Um, you know, very famous here, and, and I think also abroad. <laughs> but uh, he, 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 obviously, the movie has nothing to do with, with that kind of style, but I think that was something he, he tried to do. But it's my own personal opinion. <laughs> I'm not sure about it. Um, I have to tell you also that uh, a sequel to this movie was made in 2007. It was made by fans. The name of the directors are Paco Ruelas, Paquito Well, and Tony Badorio. And the cast was completely made of uh, amateur actors. Um, it's even tackier <laughs> than the <laughs> than mucha sangre. So that's imagine is worst. Mm, and apart from the UFO and uh, you know the sodomy thing, it has nothing to do with it. It's a fun movie, a kind of tribute, something like that. You can find it online, you can download it, but I don't recommend it. I, I haven't done it, I, I just seen some images and that was enough for me. Um, one thing you may not understand that I think Roth asked me before is the cock of the of the bald guy losing his boina. Boina is the, the hat, one of the main characters is, is wearing. It's very typical here in Spain. For all people, okay, not wearing one. Um, so in the middle of the gunfire, that um, this guy lost uh, the boina, the hat, and uh, in the bolt he has a kind of tattoo, and everybody's laughing at it. The tattoo is just the label of uh, Anis del Mono. Anis del Mono is a very popular anisí <laughs> here in Spain. It is made in, in Catalonia. And I think it's the, apart from wine, of course, is the most popular Spanish drink here, the most popular liquor here. And the important thing about this uh, anisí is that you can use the bottle as a musical instrument. It's on uh, Christmas, for example, at Christmas, uh, you can play the tambourine and you can play the anis del mono bottle because it has a special sound and it's very nice. Well, it depends, <laughs> but generally it's typically Spanish. If you want, you can check some videos on internet. I'm sure there will be some melodies played with that bottle. Um, I think that's all. I have. Oh, okay, I want just to comment uh, that uh, Rodolfo Sancho, that is another one of the main characters. Uh, he's uh, he's just a baby in the movie. 
well, not a real baby, a boy, <laughs> but uh, he's the son of Pepe Sancho, that is one of the most important Spanish actors. Mm, and nowadays, Rodolfo Sancho is one top actor here in Spain. Um, I hope <laughs> I have been helpful. And that's all. Thanks for everything. Lots of love from Spain. Bye. Okay, so thank you, Elena, very much. That yeah, was very uh, enlightening. And I had some specific questions for mm-hmm. her, and she answered them. Uh, the one thing about um, Gouger has the this tattoo on top of his mm-hmm. head, on top of his mm-hmm. bald head, mm-hmm. that he seems rather embarrassed by. And so having her explain that it's the the label of this wine, mm-hmm. uh, the specific wine, specific wine from um, mm-hmm. a region of Spain, uh, and that the bottle the bottle can be used as some kind of of uh, musical instrument. <clears throat> Kind of explains things. Mm. Once again, another piece of yeah. context yes, for exactly. yeah. something within the film. She mentions that the jail that they escaped from, that the name of it, uh, Revoluno, I think she says that it is a, uh, uh, he basically named after a famous Spanish showman from the 70s. He uh, was a singer. He did a lot of performances for kids. Uh, once again, things we would have no idea. But Well, yeah, no, she, said, she sent us a link to a clip of, uh, of the show and it was like, uh, I was like, okay, yes, this is definitely a Spanish kids show. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and it all, also uh, some uh, context for the uh, the director of the film, him being uh, a guy who came came up in uh, music videos, mm-hmm. and uh, that little bit the the information about him not having been able to, to get together another uh, feature film since uh, mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, she makes a good point about. Uh, we had talked about you know films that we thought that he was kind of trying to aim for their feel, and she I think hit it pretty close to home when she because she mentions when she mentioned Iglesias there you know that, that yes, the, uh, exactly. the director and that makes a whole lot of sense you know that this yeah. director was trying to aim for because that director's films can be very frenetic and over the top and but of course he's also a, a you know has an artistry there that and that, he's very controlled yeah. no matter how much frenetic so, very much so yeah out, like Peter Jackson was you right, know, right, when right. he was making those films when you like, when, yeah. when you're watching an, an Iglesias film it's one of those things where as crazy as it looks as, as spastic as it seems you never lose the thread there's never a moment when you feel like you're you're in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're doing right and uh who also has some taste, by the way. No matter that's yes, right. <laughs> well, I also like the fact that she that she used the term redneck to describe the humor in this film. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's, it's it's good to know that redneck mm, is a is universal, universal term. term. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my god! Well, once again, Elena, thank yes. you very much appreciate for adding that. some thank context, you for bringing the knowledge. We appreciate yeah, that so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot that we do not know when we delve into these films and uh, sometimes we get so lost that we, we send out a, we send out a help notice mm-hmm. and luckily mm-hmm. Elena is always mm-hmm. willing to help us out. Mm-hmm. So thank you again. And uh, okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break here. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the mailbag and talk to, uh, uh, or I should say, speak to some questions that mm-hmm. uh, some people have written to us about. Doc Hallen's been killed. Doc Hallen? What happened? It's over at his place. you got to come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the doc. Well, what was it? Stop with it, kid. Well, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger. It... Every one of you watching this screen, look out. 
Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Teenagers see it first, like a falling star from outer space. Boy, that was close. Hey, come on. I want to see if I can find it. An old man finds it, touches it, and this is the shocking result. From then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. Can it be stopped? Mob hysteria sweeps one city. Before long, the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of the Bob. Starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting young people. Ages ago, in a long-lost part of the world, the Mayans worshipped a terrifying goddess. To her, men offered their strength and their devotion. Women offered the beauty of their bodies. Ah! Al-Tiki, the immortal monster. Today, courageous adventurers, dedicated scientists of both sexes, begin the exploration of recently discovered caverns buried in the very womb of the earth. From space beyond space comes force beyond measurement, energizing this monstrous mass of man-eating protoplasm that devours every living thing it touches. When her mate appears in the sky, the power of Kaltiki will destroy the world. You can believe what you like. Kaltiki's been reborn. All civilians are to remain in their homes until further order. Every precaution has been taken to combat the danger the city faces. And all citizens are urged to remain calm. That is all for now. Can anything on this earth stop Kaltiki? The immortal monster. Let's talk about some uh, mail we've gotten here. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of L- emails. One from uh, Nick. Now, Nick is a fellow who has uh, regularly contributed to my blog. He t- uh, chimes in and comments uh, pretty frequently. And uh, he decided to uh, ask us a few questions about the podcast. He says, uh, dear, Rod, dear Troy and Rod, mm-hmm. hey, put your name first. That's not right. Uh, hey, no. I don't, I, I don't think that's fair at all. It isn't. That's not in our contract, I think. <laughs> I think that, that, yes, if I, if I remember how you're I You're top billed. I think your contract comes I, to be top billed. I am. That's true. He says, uh, it's always a treat to listen to your podcast when I get the time. Going back to the pieces episode, there are a couple of movies that I thought that could 
conclude with a what-the-fuck moment. Rats, Night of Terror, <laughs> and Lamberto Bava's uh, uh, Macabre are uh, two films that would fit that category. What are your thoughts on those if you've seen them? Uh, stop right there. Let's take mm-hmm. a pause and say, of course we've seen those two films. <laughs> well, and, and actually, uh, that's one that, uh, you know, Rats may be another one that you and me and Jeff may have to tackle at some point because yes. that would be right in line with the kind of stuff we like to uh, do a cast on. I could see us doing that at some I point. I kind of want to push us to cover that one because it's so It's the Bruno Matai film to end all Bruno Matai films. <laughs> if you, only you, it had, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I have much to say. If we ever cover, yeah. Bur- <clears throat> let's put it this way: if we're going to cover a Bruno Matai film, it mm. needs to be Rats, Night of Terror. Mm. But it will also give me the chance to uh, to rant mind mind bendingly mm. about all of the Bruno Matai films I've ever seen. Oh yeah, and I, I will bring extensive notes on why I hate them all. Oh yeah, and why I love them, and why all. you love them, of course. Yeah, yeah so uh, I mean, you may think that he reached the nadir of what it is mm. possible to produce in a film mm. with Hell of the Living Dead, mm. but that just means that you ain't seen Rats and Night of Terror. <laughs> now, I do not know, honestly. I'm not. I'm not sure that I've seen Macabre, Lombardo. Oh, really? I don't um, know that macabre, I have. Re- re- oh, wow. It's, uh, macabre, my... Macabre. Um, it's for, uh, it was Lombardo, Lombardo Bava, <clears throat> Mario Bava's son. Mm-hmm. His first official directed by Lombardo Bava film. Uh, it got issued on DVD here in the States in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, along with, I think, Blade in the Dark. Uh, they both came out uh, roughly okay. the same time. I think it was, I think they were Anchor Bay releases. I'm pretty sure, anyway. Mm-hmm. And... It is his first film. It's not a great film, but it is a good film. It's solid. And it does really kind of all lead up to a what-the-fuck kind of ending okay. that I will not ruin here. It's not under any other title that I know about, is it? Uh, probably not. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let me... Like, uh, like I said, it's not ringing a bell. What was some of that? You can tell me some of the casting because I'm not... Uh, I, I, I'm thinking maybe this is one that I've not gotten to. Okay. Uh, Macabre, 1980. Uh, Lamberto Bava... And uh, it's, uh, let's see, it says, uh, a middle-aged woman traumatized from the death of her adulterous lover moves into a room in a New Orleans boarding house where the blind landlord becomes suspicious of her activities of continuing her affair with her dead lover. Yeah, see, I don't believe I've seen this. Really? No. Okay, it's 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 a good film. It's not a great film. It's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, not really anybody it. in it that I think... The yeah. name the name would immediately ping anything for you. Okay, Bernice Stegers. Um, I definitely want to check this out sometime. Okay, cool. Especially just to see this ending you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it does have a a pretty classic what the fuck ending, and uh, like I say, it was kind of it's kind of considered his first uh, directorial film. Although honestly, he uh, he stepped in and uh, finished up uh, Shock. No, his no, father, shock. Yeah, I have seen. His yeah. father did that classic right. Italian director's thing where he, you know, feigned illness mm-hmm. so that the assistant director would get some time behind the camera <laughs> yeah. as kind of a yeah. director and get, you know, get get the get the ear of the producers yeah. for having an ability to do something. But yeah, he's right. That it has that kind of ending. And of course, as we were discussing, Rats, Night of Terror. Mm. Boy, does it have a what the fuck <laughs> ending. <laughs> Yeah, it just sort of maintains that tone through the whole film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's I just mean, sort of a what the fuck film. Rats, you know? Rats is completely nuts. When uh, <laughs> the, the character names alone, when you have oh, a character man. named, it's a post-apocalyptic film, yeah. so it's already in in my oh, in my wheelhouse. It, yeah. And then you've got characters named Video, <laughs> and, and it, yeah. it's like, 
oh wow, it's just a compl- it's one of the most nonsensically stupid and yet inten- intensely entertaining films. Cool. Oh man, I love yeah. Rats. Yeah, I have a feeling both these will turn up on uh, on uh, on one of our Todd Gowan Bloody Pit. At some oh, point, I'd say, so. I'd say, I'd say. All right. So he go says a uh, uh, long running series. Um, he says long running series or horror series was brought up in the in the pieces. Yeah. Or in one yeah, of we podcasts. talked about one of yeah. we were talking about working our way through you know things. Oh like, yeah, because uh, you've, you've like done Hellraiser, Hellraiser. things like uh, Hellraiser, things yeah. like that. Yeah. He says I've only seen two of the Children of the Corn films and didn't and didn't like them. Well, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I've seen two of them. Shocking. And they yeah, that's like I was about to say. I think you've seen one more than I have. <laughs> I think the first one is where I stopped. So. He says, "Who could kill a child?" is a much better film of this type. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah, Who Could Kill a Child is actually a good movie, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good movie." Is uh, the Amityville horror the Amityville horror series is another that's uh, astonishing in how many they made. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. I uh, I've long oh, since lost count on that one. Yeah, I think there were okay. There were there, there were, were three theatricals. Right. Then that TV movie that was the fourth one. Yeah, and then it was the remake, yeah, the remake yeah. from like two thousand five, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, so I think that would be an official five. Yeah, and I mean, I, for all we know, there may have been some more direct to oh god that we missed direct to DVDs. Maybe there, that we've there missed. may well have been, may well have been. Here is what's weird mm-hmm. is I've never thought the original Amityville Horror was very good at all. It's not. I've never considered it a classic by any means. I never thought it was a great film. I mean, I, I'm you know, yeah. So. I get. I get I get much more of a kick out of the second one. Yeah, the second one is actually yeah, which is kind of which fun, is kind of yeah. Italian made yeah, and trashy. It, yeah, it has kind of an Italian feel to and it. And the so. third one, which was the one that was shot in 3D, is actually not a bad little movie. It's not great. Mm, I never uh, saw it. It, it yeah. was made in 3D. I don't. I don't think there's any way to actually see it on yeah. 3D. I don't think it's been issued on DVD in 3D. Yeah, but it was directed by Richard Fleischer, who was um, mm-hmm. who was. Uh, <laughs> Who was by by now really slimming it? He made yeah. the the Conan the Destroyer yeah, right. and this right around the same time. So mm. and and Red Sonia, one of my oh, guilty pleasures. Oh, oh yeah, gotta love that. Richard Fleischer, yeah. the man who made some yeah. truly phenomenal oh. film noirs oh, in his gosh, day. Yeah. He made Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the, the Sea from Disney. Yeah, yeah. He made oh god, I'm trying to remember because because uh, he made the he made the Narrow Margin, which is just an, mm-hmm. an amazing movie. And then you get to the end of his career, and it's just like oh, and he made so I think he made he made Soylent Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made Soylent Green. Now, did he do? Who did the Vikings? Did he do the Vikings? Oh, uh, yes, he made the Vikings. He made the Vikings, which is I love. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can the fact that I can name ten movies yeah. by him off the top of my head mm-hmm. that I really, really like mm-hmm. will tell you that he was a director uh, that mm-hmm. I that I have some affinity for, and mm-hmm. yet. He also made, you know, mm. a couple of true guilty pleasures for me, mm. which is Red Sonja and Amityville three D. Yeah. <laughs> so what can I say? Yeah. Oh my, my, my. Uh he says uh the, 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 the who could kill a child? Uh, would who could kill a child ever show up as a Beyond Nashy episode? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think it's very likely. Very, I think it's very, very likely. We've been we've yeah. been mentioned before over the years as uh, Beyond, and as we're picking up the pace of Beyond Nashy episodes, we'll start to really hit a lot of this stuff that we've talked about over the years. Oh, and he he makes note of the fact that there's also a remake for a comparison, a compare and contrast, <laughs> even though it's a it's a shot for shot remake. Really, and I have seen the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it may still be available on Netflix. Uh, and it's is it a Spanish? I mean, it was a Spanish no, no, no. remake, or is it's it an English language? It was shot in Mexico. They shipped it to to uh, Mexico, which is not not difficult mm. to do when you consider yeah. the setting of the film. Right. Um, the thing is, I found the remake to be so terribly flat. Hmm. I did not. I did not like the remake at all. Now hmm. I can't remember the title of the damn remake, hmm. okay. but uh, it's not the same title. Okay. Um, but it was just so damn flat. It hmm. was just damn dull. Hmm. Um, 
So yeah, he's right. When we cover uh, Who Could Kill a Child, we'll cover the remake at the same time. Yeah. Um, uh, he calls it a shot-for-shot shot remake. I don't remember it being that way, but it... God, maybe it was. Not like in the sense... I mean, like in the sense that the Psycho remake was? And not like in the sense uh, well, like that. With the Psycho remake, remember, they were taking the same script. The idea right. with, with the Psycho okay. remake was to take the exact same script, to take that script mm-hmm. and to shoot it with a, with a new cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that, I respected it. A lot of people shit all over that movie. Uh, but my thing is... They told you up front what we're using be. the same script. Yeah, we're not we're not doing anything weird or out of the ordinary with this. We want to shoot that same script. Now you can ask, why do this? Yeah. And and for that reason, I've never had any interest in seeing it. You yeah, know? But, yeah. But, but you're right that they didn't lie. They didn't like yeah. pretend it was I mean, anything other than it was. But yeah, we're shooting that, the same like, script. Okay, I'm just not interested. You know, that was the thing so. is, I I kind of got a kick out of it to mm. to 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 a, in a way the the Gus Van Zandt remake of Psycho. As much as people hate it, I think. A lot of people hate it who've never seen it, or they go into it, I don't know, with weird expectations. But it it is the same script, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's interesting in that respect because they have a good cast. Yeah, the cast is good. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's like I say to me the best way I looked at the the, the way I looked at the Psycho remake was it, it's kind of like watching uh, a new group of actors restage a play that you liked mm-hmm. yeah. and Seems. some may or may not be yeah. able to see that mm-hmm. for a film because mm-hmm. you know film mm-hmm. is essentially eternal right but um i don't know i, I did not have the yeah. visceral hatred and anger mm-hmm. that so many people seem to have for the mm-hmm. the, the psycho remake it just mm-hmm. uh, is it unnecessary yeah mm-hmm. um but then so are most sequels mm-hmm. so now actually uh, that is a series that I, I I did enjoy the ones that I've seen I really oh, like yeah, 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 I right. really like Psycho 2 and 3 uh, I believe there's I a fourth one that I've not seen there's but a fourth I, one that was a TV movie that I have not seen right, although yeah. I do I do have it yeah, but, uh, I have not watched okay. it okay. Yeah, but, 2 and uh, 3 were, were, I thought were good movies 2 was very good yeah. uh, it was uh, written uh, by um, oh, darn it Richard. I want to say Richard Franklin who was very much a uh, an acolyte of Hitchcock mm-hmm. uh, who interviewed him several times and uh, if you've ever watched the that director's previous films, not Hitchcock's, but Franklin's, he was an Australian director, and he made he made Patrick, and he made mm-hmm. Road Games. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Road Games, that is a truly Hitchcock-like mm-hmm. film. It's mm-hmm. very, very much in the vein of a Hitchcock film, and very, very good. Um, that's 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 good. Mm-hmm. That's that's good flick. But but uh, yeah, Psycho two and three, I enjoyed them both. Uh, three less than two. Yeah, same. But way. I mean, it's you know, but yeah. still enjoyed it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, uh, he says, "I'll be looking forward to future episodes and have a happy Thanksgiving." That's how long yes, we've been holding is, on yeah, to this. It's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry about. Yeah, that. we're gonna have to. Um, we'll have to start working the mailbag into uh, beyond Nashies uh, since uh, we're not gonna be doing as many straight Nashie films. We'll be definitely working more of your letters into our other podcasts. We probably yeah we probably ought to try to do that though. yeah <laughs> that's true okay now uh, next yes. piece of email is up from regular correspondent Mark yeah. from the UK thank you very much Mark, Mark from the UK he says hello gents I'm not I'm not going to read this we never read Mark stuff in British accents no matter how tempting it is we're we're not going to do it I always feel that it would be I always feel it would be insulting yeah um, anytime I'm around someone who's British. <laughs> yeah. 
too. Uh, it's so typical of me. I've watched far too much Monty Python to just fall oh, yeah. into some comic British accent, which I do horribly. Yeah. I can't. I can't even do my own accent well, <laughs> much less anyone else's. For fuck's sake. Well, it's always it's uh, growing up with Monty Python. It's always hard to start one of these shows without saying hello, good evening, and welcome. Did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> or it's it's yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's Mark, and we're going to read his mail here. It says hello, gents. Finally, we get our Pieces podcast, and it certainly didn't disappoint. In fact, within a day of listening to your show, I was digging out my own copy for its yearly rewatch, and I'm glad to say it's lost none yearly. of it. Yearly rewatch, he says. <laughs> to say it's lost none of its nonsense appeal. Yes, there's some people who yearly rewatch Casablanca, some people yearly rewatch Citizen Kane, but Mark yearly rewatches Pieces. And that's why <laughs> he's, there may be other movies he, <laughs> he watches every year. I mean, yeah. come on. He says, I'm glad to say it's lost none of its nonsense appeal. My one regret with Pieces is that I came across it at a fairly late stage. If I'd seen this as a teenager, I think it would have blown my tiny mind. Yeah. As it did Rob. As it did mine. <laughs> it did get a video release here in the UK, but it was cut to shreds, I'm sure. Um, chopped chopped up like a chainsaw, I bet. It says, so it pretty much slipped under the radar. He says, as I'm sure you are aware, there is an unbelievable Blu-ray package. Oh, yes. Yeah, so being released yeah, this year uh-huh. by Grindhouse. And believe me when I tell you, I virtually shat my pants when I saw the list of extras. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have truly gone gone overboard with this. Oh, episode. I shattered so, my pants as well. <laughs> Says uh, now, see that was funny. That was funny. It's 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 like you know, it's it's it, it was not funny. Like the way Mochisanka was not funny. The image of Mark shatting his shatting his pants over DVD extras is funny. I mean, that's that's our kind of humor. He says <laughs> says for a start, who knew there were two versions of the film? Oh, now, I know. Yeah, yeah. I was that's crazy. really surprised about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says not only do we get the version we all know and love, but there's also a longer Spanish edit with different music. Now, I knew about there being a different musical mm-hmm. soundtrack. I did not mm-hmm. know that the film was longer, so yeah. So then there's a soundtrack CD. Personally, I'm hoping it's the U.S. soundtrack that utilizes the uh, Cam library tracks, but either way, I'm happy. It says there's a 42nd Street documentary. I think the same documentary can be found on the U.K. Blu-ray of Zombie Holocaust and is well worth a watch. So, but the extra I'm really looking forward to is the audio commentary with Jack Taylor. Yeah, I know. That's, I know. My I know. gosh, that's awesome. He says, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe he's done any commentaries before. No, I do not think I that think he has ever done a commentary no, track. That's great. As a matter of fact, this will probably be his debut commentary track. Yeah. And, uh, damn, the if he has not done a commentary track for one of his many Franco films, that is a oh, damn crime against nature right there. That would be great to hear that, or to have him do maybe Vengeance of the Mummy. Wouldn't that be something? <sighs> Jesus, man. Yeah, but... The, that means somebody's gonna have to put the damn thing well, out. Well, yeah, I mean that's far. Yeah, you're right. That's but you're right. I would love yeah. to hear yeah. hear Jack Taylor with some or Dr. good guiding hand. Man, werewolf, Doctor Jekyll and the Werewolf. You know, either of them, both yeah. of them, sit yeah. him down, pay yeah. him the money, talk yeah. to him. What what remembrances does he have? You yeah. Know? Uh, he says uh, he asked me done any commentaries before. He says he features on some of the supplemental material on the UK Arrow DVD of pieces, and he's still in possession of a full set of marbles. So I'm hoping this will be a great listen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So since the first three thousand units even come with a free jigsaw, that just blows my mind. Yeah, I, know, says, I, know. I think it's safe to say that somebody at Grindhouse loves the piss out of this film. <laughs> yes, they do. He says, "I did find myself slightly disagreeing with your rating of the film, and also for contamination the previous month. As far as I'm concerned, the vast majority of films are made for entertainment, and whilst you couldn't honestly say either film is good in the accepted sense, they're both <laughs> yeah, they're both the they're both entertaining sense. as hell." He said, "I'd give them both an eight, and to hell with the consequences." Yeah, I know what he's saying because we I'm always him, yeah. we always say like entertainment wise these films are off the charts and they, but we're trying but, you know yeah and, and that's and it, a lot of people would call that splitting hairs or, or, yeah. or kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth or maybe even being hypocritical mm. but yeah you have to reward 
you have to reward artistry where it's due and 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 where it's not you know yeah. where it's where it's not you gotta kind of you know okay you know you, you gotta draw some kind of distinction between it's like you know. i absolutely love for me rats a night of terror mm-hmm. entertainment wise yeah. is like a nine yeah yeah but yeah. it's a shitty shitty movie <laughs> And 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 it's yeah. it's yeah. just the reason it's a nine in entertainment yeah. value. But I can never give that film a nine when, yeah. and and look myself in the mirror and do anything <laughs> other than cry. I mean, it's obviously Mark is just one great big like pleasure center that's just waiting to be you know start, you know without any sort of he's, in a he's, way. Mark yeah. is just a better person than we are. He is. He is. I that's agree. what he is. That's what we're really saying. Yeah. Mark is is a yeah better man than we are. <laughs> uh, he says. Uh, well, Christmas is nearly upon us. Uh, yeah, just uh, once again, it's once way again, past Once again, it's way past Christmas. We apologize. Yes, which means only one thing. I get a bunch of new Blu-rays. There's a ridiculous amount of new releases for the list. I'm particularly looking forward to Arrow's Black Cat's box set. Oh, but it's too damn expensive. Oh, God, I know. I want it so bad, but man, I just can't, can't, can't. I can't justify the cash. Franco's Count Dracula, mainly for the 1970 making of documentary on the second disc. Yes. I want that really bad. Yeah. Plus, we finally get Dr. Terror's House of Horrors on blue. And now, Rod, I know you and I kind of disagreed on that because you felt like... No, I went went ahead and got the book. Okay, I thought without extras, I didn't know if you were going to... I don't like the fact that there are no extras. Me, me either. But I'm just keeping... I'm just going to keep my my, uh, extras-laden DVD of it. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that, folks. That noise you heard was uh, my work telephone number or my work uh, work cell phone uh, contacting me. Um, I thought I was going to have to go to work and do something, which I don't like to do. <laughs> Even when you're at work. Yeah. But uh, actually, I was able to handle this particular problem over the phone. Yeah. Thank goodness. See, I thought it was like some kind of hotline that there's something like a DVD, some sort of DVD hotline or some new Blu-ray <laughs> coming out. It's like you're going to be, you know... I thought a butler was going to come up and pick up the phone and say, I'll call him, sir. You know? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, personal, my personal Alfred is not around. So no, 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 no. No, 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 no. But as, as yeah, we were we, talking about... We apologize uh, that we have lives and we have jobs, folks. We wish we could do something about that, but we can't. It's it, Believe me, the behind-the-scenes things that we go through to keep uh, real life from interfering with podcasting life, you don't want to know oh, the details of yeah. most <laughs> no of kidding. the time. So uh, let me just say that uh, we were talking about the um, Doctor Terror. Yeah. Doctor Terrors. I went ahead and got because I was able to get it for such a cheap price. I got yeah. the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, I am pissed there are no extras, but I mean I'm just going to hang on to the to the British mm-hmm. uh, yeah, DVD that has extras on it. Yeah. I mean it's not like I was going to get. I wasn't going to get rid of it regardless, but I am mm. still pissed that the film finally gets. A video release of any type of any kind. That's why it was in such the a, United yeah, States. I know, it's such and a in this day and age, in yeah. 20, it came out last year. So in 2015, mm. they can't muster the the cojones to actually pony up cash to actually get some damn extras produced for it. When I know that there are extras producers oh. and documentary filmmakers oh. out there who would be chomping. Oh at the, God! Look at how many uh, things have been made about Amicus and books and stuff that have come out. You know, all the people who could have talked about it. So <laughs> imagine if they just gotten an Amicus expert. Yeah. To do a commentary. Oh, track. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just frustrating. At any rate, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's continue so, with, yes. with March. With March he says, also in the new year, uh, 101 Films are releasing a triple whammy of Katsi Cannon goodness. Both his Hercules films and Sinbad of the Seven Seas. <laughs> what's not to love, he says. You're in, indeed. indeed oh, those, what's if not those are on Blu-ray, that's amazing. Oh, that all three of those amazing. films, all three of those films have been made available over here for years sure. on DVD. Yeah. And I, of course, have uh, the Luigi Cozzi, uh Hercules films, the one that's the ones that star Lou Ferrigno, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, and also his, um, <laughs> well, actually, uh, Sinbad, uh, Sinbad of the Seven Seas, I don't know if that's, is that, I can't remember, there, there was a, there's a bit of an oddity about the Sinbad of the Seven Seas film, mm-hmm. because it was uh, started by 
one director and finished by another and was really it was really filmed as a kind of mini series and it got chopped down. I did a blog post about this. I'll try to post uh, a link to the blog post where I did some research on this and when I finally watched my DVD of it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Where I finally sat down and watched Sinbad of the Seven Seas. It's another Lou Ferrigno film. And uh, did, all, did a bunch of research on it and found out how this damn thing came to be because as I watched the movie, it was like I was watching a highlights reel from some much longer thing. Yeah. And it turns out that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, Okay. And I'm thinking that Sergio Martino, if memory that serves, Sergio Martino right. had a hand in finishing yeah. it mm. in one way or another. And uh, yeah, yeah. If, if tell, tell you what, Mar- uh, Mark, if they put out a version of Sinbad of the Seven Seas that has extras or more footage or anything like that, as much as I dislike that mm. film, <laughs> I would I would still buy it again just to see that crap. <laughs> That's oh god! Yeah. That's a that's a horrible thing to admit, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know we have the sickness. What can we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, "Okay, gents. Hope you both have a wonderful Christmas. All the best, Mark." P.S. I absolutely urge you both to watch J.P. Simone's Mystery on Monster Island. There's definitely a great bloody pit to be had from it. Oh well, yeah, and that's the one that's got mm-hmm. the very small role right at the beginning with Paul mm-hmm. Nashie, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and the role I already know the role. I've seen that segment of the film mm-hmm. just at the very beginning of it, and I know it's far too little Nashie to call it a Nashie episode. Right, but, but I can that. tell you that mm-hmm. other than Slugs, mm-hmm. uh, that particular movie, um, Mystery on Monster Island, will be a a, a Beyond Nashie eventually. Yeah, there's like I said, there's not enough Nashie in it to call it a, a Nashie sure. cast. Uh, so. That that will be one that we will cover. I don't know if it'll necessarily be this year because I feel like the J.P. Simon slot for 2016 yeah, kind of already filled with slugs. Probably going to be, be so, slugs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I yeah, who who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see how we feel. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. A great uh, great uh, letter there, and uh, yeah. we really appreciate all your writing to us. Always always a pleasure. And there are other people who've written in who just who haven't really had. Uh, uh, comments to make they've they've been writing in to ask specific questions i'm going to go ahead and answer a few of them here although i i have replied to these folks who've written mm-hmm. in uh both to uh the nashicast email and also to the blog and various other places which is uh people have noticed that the first few um episodes of the, of the podcast have fallen off the itunes feed mm-hmm. and the reason for that is i'm just i'm just uh as i've, I've announced here a couple times before um, as we add new podcasts, I'm not expanding mm-hmm. the space that we have. It's just right. it, it costs yeah. too much money to do so. Sure. So I'm I'm uh, chipping away by taking the oldest episodes off and just putting them up where you can download them in MP3 format. You can just download them uh, individually from a Dropbox uh, link that I will post. Uh, I, th- those links will be on the the Bloody Pit uh, page. For each individual podcast, and also on the Nashicast Blogspot page, if you just go to the individual entry for those episodes, there will be a link there that you can click and get your hands on those early episodes. Right now, the only ones that you can't get your hands on are one, two, and three. But by the time you hear this, to make room for this episode, I will probably have had to eliminate episodes four and probably five. And so those won't be a part of the iTunes feed anymore. They'll be something you'll have to individually download from Dropbox. Mm-hmm. For that, I apologize, but I can't, uh, I just, mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't do it, folks. It's too damn mm-hmm. much money. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to help defray the cost that we're already paying, remember, hit the yeah. donate button. That's right. But um, the those episodes have not disappeared. Uh, they will continue to be there. 
Here's what's weird is uh, I was just looking just before I came over here tonight to record, and uh, I I was looking at the stats for episode four, and for some reason two days ago seven people downloaded episode four. Hmm. Wow. How, yeah. How weird. Why? Yeah. It's I, weird. Like why I, that episode? Why seven people? And yeah, like you know the day the day, bef- the day before two people downloaded it. The day before that like three or something mm. like that. The <clears> day before that one. But for some reason, there's like a, a one day seven people. Hmm. I, I do not understand it. <laughs> I, there's no there's no way to. to I'm, it's fun to track these numbers just mm-hmm. for my amusement. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just so odd what'll happen when just yeah. out of the blue an episode that we did yeah. what five and a half <laughs> years ago yeah. in one day suddenly mm-hmm. seven it's like seven people describe d- d- you know decide mm-hmm. oh I, I haven't seen that. And a lot of this, I know what it is, is people discover the podcast and they're just like, oh, well, there are all these episodes and they, and they mm. look at the titles and they decide which ones they want to see or they just download them all. Yeah. But uh, it is it is odd <laughs> to, to, to follow the patterns on this. But folks, that is where we'll, uh, where we'll end things tonight. Remember, if you want to contact us, if you've got any comments, if there's anything you'd like to tell us, or if you want to take us to task for not having a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Please write us. I know, I know. Some people are probably gonna write and say, "Lighten up, guys. Lighten up." You know, really, it's, really. Yeah. Shit really. is funny. Shit is funny. Tits are funny. Yeah, yeah. all this yeah. is funny. Come on, eating come shit on. is funny. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, really. of urinals are funny. If it's What's all funny, it's all funny. Um, but, Adam uh, Sandler's funny. Uh, I don't think even our listeners would go that far. No, nobody would go that far. Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness! You want to talk about disheartening? <clears throat> his sad, his sad new film that was a Netflix original, The Ridiculous Six, oh, the most viewed thing on Netflix ever. Oh my god! It's the kind of thing that makes you want to just call call shenanigans on society and life in general. It's yeah, like, oh, come on, folks. In other words, please. more people will see that than we'll see Hateful Eight probably. Ultimately, if you do compare the numbers, oh man, please there. don't, please don't say that. That's I know true. it's sad, but yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Something else that I found interesting, you know, something about the Hateful Eight is, of course. Uh, Tarantino wears his influences on his sleeve, and there's a lot of them in Hateful Eight, oh, oh, as you would well, as you would expect. Yeah. And it's fun to like see maybe Cutthroat's Nine. <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah. I was reading these lengthy articles about people talking about pe- people talking about the various influences and things they spotted in this, that, and yeah. the other. And I, I realized after reading a couple of them, I mean, nobody said nobody seen Cutthroat's. I'm not. Cut you're right. Nine. Nobody's seen. But to us, for like someone like you and me. I mean, the minute I, the minute the trailer, oh well, yeah, the minute the trailer, the first scene I saw, I was like, "Oh, it's Cutthroat's Nine. This is what is this is what is homage to Cutthroat's Nine. It's like, but but yeah, you're right. <coughs> that's coming from our part. But you're right. I've not seen any article or anything no, that said no. it's. Yeah. And so somebody po- somebody posted a link to uh, a particular article about it on uh, Mobius Home Video Forum on Facebook, and I was just like, well, also. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I want to take into account Cutthroat's Nine. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty obvious from the mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. to yeah. the to setting, setting. Oh, yeah, to yeah. the whole transporting a prisoner idea. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of other <laughs> things that sure, he's drawn yeah. from as well. Of course. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm sorry, folks. We've gone off on another tangent here. I apologize. This is Rod Barnett, and we'd like to say, remember, you can write to us at nashycast at gmail.com. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. I'm so excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Write to us if you wish to, nashicast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll be glad to hear from you. If uh, you have any questions whatsoever, let us know. And remember, next month you can join Troy and myself over on the Bloody Pit podcast as we take a look at... uh, Ghidorah or Ghidorah, Ghidorah the three-headed Ghidorah, monster. The three-headed monster. What year was that? What year was that? Sixty-four, I believe. I now I have to go back and you know because I sometimes confuse, of course, English re- U.S. release dates with the original Japanese okay. dates. But I believe that film is sixty-four. Uh, yeah, for that, so. I am really looking forward to that. Mm. I, um, 
I've said this before, Troy, but just having being able to play the neophyte to someone who, and with with you as the expert, is just a, it's it's a real joy because I get to dig in and and sometimes we 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 find some we find some interesting things that uh, yeah. really surprise me. So yeah, no, I am really looking forward to, uh, to to doing this series too, and I think a lot of people will enjoy it. I know uh, next to Godzilla, uh, Ghidorah is probably the most famous or most popular Toho monster overall in general, at least over in this, at least over here in the over US. Here probably, and I yeah. think so. So uh, I think Mothra probably a little more in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Mothra's a little. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, All right. Oh, okay, one last quick tangent. This is a tangent that could go on for hours, so I'm going to just make it quick. But <laughs> during, the, during the breaks here, Rod and I had even talked about, uh, well, the fact that between our last podcast and this one, we basically lost three uh, really uh, icons and uh, people that were beloved. Yeah. And, again, we could we could talk for hours on any of them. We can't do that here. But uh, I'm sure everybody knows we mean Lemmy. And we mean Angus Grimm, and we mean, of course, David Bowie, and yeah. uh, all three wonderful uh, artists and great icons, influences on us. Bowie, especially, was just an incredible influence on me, uh, inspiration to me, one of my favorite artists, and I know you feel the same way. So we just want to uh, wish these gentlemen peace in uh, wherever they are now, and and thank you and thanks for what they what they did. Yes, that's that's the biggest thing. I would just uh, I uh, as as hard as Monday was, mm-hmm. as we learned of of Bowie's surprising passing um he's left us he's left us many 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 gifts Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. i'll be uh i'll be enjoying them along with millions and millions of others for Mm -hmm. the rest of time amen all right uh folks thank you very much and uh we will see you next time next month over on the bloody pit two months from now back here to take a look at uh uh another Armando Diasorio film. We're gonna be looking at the Grasp of the Lorelei, so I hope everyone can play along at home. Once again, thank you. My name is Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. Keep warm, folks.